Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back in the saddle again for episode 125 of the Chick Foley Show. Before we go any further, let me introduce the two stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I am doing good. I have an ice cold beverage. It was a light week of wrestling, so I had a little bit of time to recover from, you know, that jam-packed mania week that we just came out of. So it was nice. It was a nice little uh, vacay from all the madness. Marco, how's life in Massachusetts? Going good. Just, uh, you know, there's always like my favorite time of the week, you know, obviously spending time with the families first and foremost, but, you know, my second family, the Foley, Foley family, That's you right. know, got to get to spend yeah. time with them too as well. So I know your wife uh, sent me a video of the kids kicking the crap out of Roman Reigns, your daughter, oh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> your daughter in her uh, Snow White dress, just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> annihilating the tribal chief. I was like, well, oh the, my gosh. Yeah. While the other one is just cowering in the, in the corner, she's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, frightened of it, just like petrified of it. Uh, he does have a very Roman scary Reigns. look on his face. <laughs> like the the graphic that they used for Roman's face on the Wobble Rumbler is is very intense. Yeah, that's if if you must know, those are the two that aren't scared of of the fiend, but the other one is definitely scared of the fiend. Uh, and obviously, she's scared of Roman Reigns' scary face on the on that uh, uh, the rubble. Poor baby. Wobbler, so yeah. Sheena, tell the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. So you can find me always on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco over on the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Um, and as always, you can join our Foley fam at ChickFoleyShow.com. We have new episodes of Unboxing Mania up every week. We have our Royal Rumble Watch Along series um, that's going to be kicking back off soon. And Seth and um, our good buddy over in the UK, Phil Dunnett, are running a prediction league right now. So make sure you get in um, in time for that. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, the first show of the Prediction League is going to be the May 5th episode of AEW. That's going to be the one featuring Blood and Guts. So it's going to be a blast. $5 entry fee and winner take all. So if you're part of the Facebook group, hit us up. You have until uh, until May 5th. I'm going to I'm gonna take up. it all just like I took uh, all the all the Royal Rumble money. I think I'm going to... I'm going to take this too. <laughs> yeah, it's going to run yeah. from uh, from Blood and Guts and then this season's going to end up with... Uh, with SummerSlam, so that's how we're going to run this first one. We're going to we're going to make the seasons last roughly three to four months, so that way everybody gets a fresh opportunity to jump in. Um, I want to go ahead and announce the winner of the Alexa Bliss giveaway. We were giving away the Elite eighty two Alexa Bliss figure that came with the uh, the Womays Tag Team Championship belt. That's I think that's going to end up being a collector's item. It's the one where every single belt went out with an H instead of an N in women's on those uh, tag belts. And unfortunately that was the first time we've gotten those belts. Did they ever fix that? Is it, did it get fixed? I don't remember. No, that, that I think it's going to have to wait till the next time we get that belt released. So yikes. Yeah. Cause it wasn't even, I, I mean, the good thing is that it's not etched. They just uh, basically printed it on the plate. So yeah. it should be a pretty easy fix for next time. But no, I think it was, uh, I think it was just, you know, too late. You know, it was definitely a, that's so Jack's type moment yeah. for, for Mattel, which is rare for them, but Hey, now we got this, uh, you know, this exclusive set of belts and at figure four wrestling on Instagram, you won. So congratulations. Congrats, Thanks man. for listening and supporting the show last week and uh, just slide into Sheena's DMs on IG and we will get that figure heading your way. 
uh, because it is Earth Day. As we record this, we are going to honor the uh, the eco warrior Daniel Bryan. This week's giveaway is going to be Elite seventy nine. Daniel Bryan. Planet's champion. He's yeah. in the all black gear. It's a little bit of a two for one special because there's two head sculpts in there. You get short haired Daniel Bryan and a uh, long hair with a beard Daniel Bryan. And it's going to be the exact same rules as last week. Just DM um, Sheena on IG or Marco on Twitter a screenshot of yourself listening to the this week's episode of the Chick Foley Show and you can be entered to win. And we'll announce the winner on next week's episode. Um, Sheena, tell them a little bit about the Pod Foundation. So we have linked arms with some of our Pod brethren. Uh, we have ourselves. We have the Turnbuckle Tavern, the Extra Cooler Show, and Pyramid Wrestling. So you get a little bit of everything in all aspects of uh, our, our favorite sport on God's Green Earth, pro wrestling. So um, definitely check us all out at Pod Foundation. You can find links to all of our um, episodes. You can keep up with what's going on with all of us. There's links to all of you know all the merch shops and everything, so you can get all your Pod Foundation gear. Um, just a lot of fun. We've been doing a lot of crossovers and collaborations with those guys, and it has been a blast. So yeah, definitely check us out and support all of our Pod Foundation brethren. And you can find all of their info over at Pod Foundation on Instagram. Yeah, I recorded an episode of the Turnbuckle Debate with the the guys from Turnbuckle Tavern last night. I, I went on there and defended the honor of Goldberg. You know, there's yes. a lot of slander <laughs> yes. going in the Facebook. Speaking of extra Goldberg. cooler, yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna be happy to hear that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I, I don't want to speak for Tom and the two bad chads, but I definitely got the vibe that they had their knives out ready to kind of, you know, slay me um when it came to Goldberg. But I, I think by the time I got done giving the pleading my case, I, I won them over. So so check that out this Monday when that drops on Turnbuckle Tavern's podcast feed. Um, we also want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley at Ringside Collectibles to save 10% on all your purchases. They are the world's number one retailer of wrestling figures and wrestling figure accessories. You guys ready to get into it? Let's go. do it. All right. Up first this week, we had the big news came out yesterday. Ronda Rousey is knocked up. So that was originally <laughs> the... Uh, The excuse, or not the excuse, but that was her reason for really only doing one year in the WWE and what a hell of a year it was that she wanted to leave and start a family. Um, Obviously, it took a a little bit of time, which, you know, sometimes those things happen, but she does got a baby on the way. We're very happy for her and her husband. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I pose the question to you guys. Now that she's got a baby on the way, do you think she's going to come back or is she she gone for good? Marco, we'll take your thoughts first. Um... That's tough. That's uh, are, you, are we talking about UFC or WWE or just any? I think one of UFC. Those? That ship has sailed. I don't know if you can come back from what happened to her last time she was no. in the octagon. Yeah, she's, I don't been, think, she's been gone from the octagon for a long time. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she's gonna step foot in a in a, in a UFC octagon again. But I, I could see her stepping foot back into a WWE ring. Um, we'll see how you know how motherhood treats her and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean the joy the joys of being a parent. Might you know? Might uh, overtake the uh, the joys of stepping seven foot in a WWE ring. So who knows? Yeah. But I think I think she you're most likely seeing her back in the squared circle than the octagon than anything. Yeah, I don't think I think she's done. I think she's done for good. I mean, she may do some like you know one off appearances or whatever, but I don't think she's going to be wrestling again. Um, I mean, I-, I hope I'm wrong. I just think you know with her and they you know they got Browsy Acres, her ranch, uh, which if you guys follow them on Instagram at all, like it's like so cool. I mean, it's like goals. I mean, it's like fully sustainable. They just you know they I could like nerd out on how cool their ranch is. So they got their hands full there. You know, Travis has um, some kids, so I mean they've got 
they've got a full house and with her, you know, having a new baby and stuff, I think it's just going to be, you know, that's really going to be where her focus is. And I, I mean, you know, rumor is, I mean, it's never been confirmed that she stepped away just to have a family. You know, I know a lot of people were speculating that. Um, but yeah, now that she does, I think it's just going to be too much for her to, you know, come back. Sheena, if you could book her for the the trademark one more match, what would you like to see her come back and do? I mean, if I could do one more match, let me think. I mean, if we could if we could get my girl uh, Rhea worked up a little bit, you know what I mean? Like she she's still she's got she's still a little green, so I think she needs a little bit more a little bit more height. But I would love to see her and and Ronda go head to head. It could be like you know both of them in their their badass winged. <laughs> Eye makeup <laughs> going head to head. Rhonda's uh, makeup was always something else. Rhonda, yeah, it just it always shocked me because Rhonda was always in uh, you know UFC. She was always like so natural looking and everything, and, and she's so natural looking in life. Like you know, she doesn't wear a lot of makeup in her normal life and stuff. Even when she was in Hollywood and everything, she was really kind of low key. And then she comes to the ring looking like Black Swan. Um, but yeah, Rhea. I mean, obviously, someone like um, you know EO would be freaking incredible. But uh, yeah. Who would you like to see, Seth? I think you got to get her match against Becky. That's what we should have had at WrestleMania 35. Of course, you know, Charlotte had to, you know, butt her ass in, <laughs> into the match like she always does. But that build was all set up for Ronda and Becky. You know, Becky invaded, uh, you know, Raw, got her nose busted open. That was supposed to be the match at Survivor Series. And uh, obviously, Becky couldn't compete because of the the broken face, courtesy of Nia Jax. But yeah, I want to see Becky and Ronda go one-on-one. I think the promos would be fire. There's a lot of history there. And remember, yeah. WrestleMania 35 ended. That was a controversial pin. Ronda True, definitely yeah. got a That's shoulder right. up on that That's pin. Right. So it was it was not clean. Ronda, is the, the one loss she has on her record is, you know, with a, a pretty big asterisk. And I, I think we need to see her and Becky go, go one-on-one to really settle the score. The next two Manias are going to have some really big stadiums to, to fill, a lot of seats to, a lot of tickets to sell. Uh, so, and I think that would really be a proper main event for for either one of the next two years, Ronda and Becky one on one. It doesn't, and honestly, it doesn't even got to be for a belt. I think we yeah. just need to see those two go at it. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I want to see Becky and Ronda one on one. Marco, how about you? Oh man, I'm gonna go with uh, someone pretty much current uh, that just won a title. I'm gonna go with Bianca, Bianca Belair. Just two athletes just going at it. Um, two strong ass females just yeah. in the ring, just beating the crap out of each other and. You can go with the uh, you go like the tagline the, the you know like the rowdy est uh, oh match you ever seen because wow. EST. So Mark, Marco's even going uh, ahead hitting us with the Michael with, Cole uh, already, tagline. Yeah, I'm already I'm already I've already setting this match up, and uh, <laughs> I mean just just seeing like you know you heart uh, heart back on like the athleticism part of yeah your, the you visual know, of Bianca yeah. like gorilla pressing Ronda up overhead would be something for the ages for sure. Yeah, and her getting that her, hopefully not leaving a mark like she did with. With uh with Sasha Banks, but you oh, know yeah. that yeah. that uh, that hair is going to come into play at some point. So I'd like to see what like Ronda Rousey would, you know, how she would flip that. Oh yeah, yeah. R- so. Ronda would put her definitely put her in a submission with that hair, no, no <laughs> doubt. With her hair, she choked yes. her with her hair or something. Yeah, we really haven't seen anybody <clears throat> use the hair against her too much. I feel, I feel it like it was they're... more of an NXT Ron- thing. I know in NXT it happened a little bit more than it's happened on the on the main roster, but yeah, yeah. They must be they must be saving that spot for for a big match, you know. But yeah. uh, either anyway, we wish Ronda Rousey the best. Um, obviously, you know she's Baddest very baby on uh, the planet. Yeah, yeah, she shares a lot on IG, so you could definitely. I'm, I'm sure it'll be very easy to keep up with their journey mm-hmm. as it goes forward, and uh, and best of luck to the new addition to their family. 
All right. Uh, can we agree that on the Chick Foley show, we are going to drop the WrestleMania from WrestleMania Backlash and and just call the event Backlash going forward? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool I mean, Backlash that. is one of the best WWE <clears throat> event names that they've had. Yep. Going back over twenty years, I don't know why they felt the it's need. It's insult. To, it's insulting a little yeah. bit. I, I don't know I why mean, they felt I, the need to try to spice it up. Yeah, I get it because it's like the it's the you know it's the backlash of WrestleMania. That's what they're going for. But yeah, if but they were going to do that, yeah, they should have done that. There. Like, yeah. yeah, they should have done that years ago. If they're but gonna, we but we know that though. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like we know, like backlash is literally like that's what it means. Like it's like you know coming out of WrestleMania, this is the backlash. We don't have to. It doesn't have to be like you know. Sp- specifically said i feel like they just wanted to get more use out of that uh buccaneers logo they're trying to sell more so like sell all the merch that's left over so (laughs) there's that and then another thing that i'm actually fearful of is because backlash has traditionally basically just been you know the warmed over uh rematches from wrestlemania my fear is that to just really let the writers be as lazy as possible that not only are we getting WrestleMania backlash, we're going to get SummerSlam backlash, we're going to get Survivor Series oh, backlash, and gosh. we're going to get Royal Rumble backlash. That is literally the worst case scenario. Like you, you just man, laid out the darkest timeline. Oh, no. That's be, four pay per views you don't have to worry about anymore. No, they'll so. have to change it. It'll be Royal Rumble rebound or something like that. They'll have to. <laughs> oh, you know. my gosh. Hey, you heard it here first. That that could definitely explain why they felt the need to, to make to a brand specific it. WrestleMania yeah. backlash. Yeah. Um, but either way, the card's starting to come into focus it is our next big show in wwe um it looks like the two main events are going to be roman defending the universal championship against cesaro that's not official yet and then one match that is already on the books is bobby lashley and drew mcintyre going up against each other once again for the wwe championship uh sheena what's your thoughts on our two big matches for backlash so far i'm excited for roman versus cesaro i mean i'm excited for the match i guess i should say um i've said on the show several times cesaro just he's missing the he's missing the spark so i think roman is definitely going to overshadow him in this in this build-up and in this feud and just you know in their promos going head to head it's just going to be like you know a, a star going up against like a little sparkler you know so i just feel like um that's a sparkler that's awful yeah Jeez, yeah i'm yeah. sorry dude Brutal. i i i told you guys i just can't get behind cesaro as a as a main eventer but um i i love him i think he's great in the ring i'm excited for the actual match but i and think he's the, a sparkler he's a he's a sparkler uh lashley he's, versus he's the gilberg uh the gilberg entrance treatment he is the barbed wire death match of uh of the uh WWE so yikes yeah huh. exploding barbed wire death match cesaro uh bobby lashley and drew are going to be going at it once again um even though bobby had a pretty definitive victory at wrestlemania i mean he got him in the the hurt lock and made him pass out mm-hmm. uh, i think we definitely need to do something to spice this match up to make it a draw for backlash marco i'm letting you uh you know you got the pencil you can book it what gimmick match did, did bobby lashley and drew mcintyre need to have in their rematch at backlash oh man <clears throat> with these two i think you have to go at least like a um like a no holds barred type of match or like a a last man standing Okay. Uh, type of thing. That's why I think you have to go with these two. Um, I think Lashley, re- like he retains. I don't think he's. I don't think he's uh, losing the title anytime soon. I think they gonna. He's gonna be the. It's the almighty Bobby Lashley. They already have the tagline. He's the. He's the dominant champion that they have, and you know, doesn't matter what type of gimmick match you throw him in with him. Him and McIntyre. I think he comes out on top anyway. So he's got his uh, his new and improved hurt business also now with the the newly unmasked uh, T Bar and Mace. Yeah, yep. 
So what happened to, to Slapjack or Flapjack? Is he just gone so, now? <clears throat> so they, they moved. So uh, uh, Mia Yim and uh, Shane Thorne were moved to SmackDown. Okay. So they're no longer on Raw. And so he's, just, is he back as just Shane Thorne? Uh, they, he hasn't debuted yet, uh, but I'm assuming he's just going to show up as Shane Thorne on, on SmackDown. Yeah, he's a good wrestler. Snapchat. He's a really good hand. I mean, yeah, he's, he's awesome. You know, I, don't know I know. You know but are we just supposed to forget future, but... that these guys, I mean, because I mean, it would be one thing if they completely dismantled Retribution and like just made us try, like, try to make us forget and then brought back, you know, Dijakovic and, you know, all of them. But at the same time, like now they still have like half of Retribution and they're going to send the other half to a different show and just like bring them back as other people. Well, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. Uh, you know, obviously, my uh, AM and uh, uh, Shane Thorne are gonna do what they're gonna do over on uh, SmackDown. But I think uh, the the ha- the other half of Retribution is gonna be like. A, I think MVP's gonna uh, like be their manager as a tag team. That's what I'm assuming. I'm not sure. I haven't read anything. I'm only going by what when when he stand on the ramp. And they double choke slammed uh, Drew McIntyre. But again, this but, um, this brings me to a problem with WWE. This is like when they broke up the Iconics, and then they just tried to like put the Iconics with new tag team partners. Like, yeah. why did they get rid of the Hurt business and then try to bring in the Hurt business? You know, two point and so, it just you know what I mean. Like, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me when they had a good thing going, and now you're trying to recreate that with people that don't really fit. See, I don't think I don't think they're making a hurt business 2.0. I think uh, I think MVP has proven that he's he's good at leading and good at getting uh, people championship opportunities and stuff like that. So I think it's just like a like him kind of being like a like a Paul Heyman or just like a manager type, just like managing their careers. I don't think they're gonna like recreate the hurt business. I think it's just gonna be him like managing. You know, Bobby Lashley as a WWE champion, and now he's taking on these two other guys. If that is happening, I'm not sure. Um, and then them becoming the tag team champions because you haven't seen AJ Styles or almost after the after WrestleMania. So yeah, they have been strangely <clears throat> missing in action. That's kind of weird. Yeah, for like the past two weeks, they haven't been on. So I'm assuming they're they're gonna uh, those guys are gonna need a title shot at some point. I, I mean, those are the only two that I can see taken out. Uh, AJ Styles and almost anyway. So yeah, that's a hell of a team. Uh, going back to to Bobby and Drew, I don't know why because I'm not even I'm not even really a huge fan of these type of matches. But in my mind, I can picture them having a really kick ass uh, like bull rope match or strap match. You know, whatever they yeah. they could do the you know the Scottish strap or something since it's Drew in there. But I think you know as you're seeing a nice hoss fight between those guys uh, yeah. with the, the you know the traditional four corners rules where you got to go around and tap each corner to win. I think that would be. Uh, be pretty badass, you know, and it's been a while since we've had a really good one. I think Cody and uh, and Brody Lee's one from last year. That's that's the last time we saw a real high profile yeah. strap match. So I that's a these, gimmick. I want to put these guys in a steel cage. That's what I want. Yeah, to do. yeah. Steel cage yeah. I want to sell cool maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I want like the traditional uh, steel cage. I think Hell, Hell in a Cell is a little bit too good for these guys. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Wow. <laughs> she's shooting hard she's tonight. Firing at, firing at the hip tonight. <laughs> Thought I All was right, Shane, I'll last pose week. it to you. Will uh, <laughs> Will either Roman or Bobby Lashley drop their championship at Backlash? No, nope. Not All right, a so we're gonna champions are gonna hold strong heading into the uh, the late spring, early part of the summer. Mm-hmm. 
is time for the weekly Chick Foley Show beverage break. Uh, we're still looking for a an official, um, you know, al- adult beverage sponsor of the show. So anybody that's out there listening, you got a craft brewery or something that you're fond of, hit us up. Miller Lite still got us sitting on red. They're hating on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco, what are you drinking tonight? Um, started off uh, early earlier with the uh, with a dream team. Mm. Which is uh, which is headed your way? Oh yeah, finally! I was uh, really starting. Finally. So you guys know it was back. I think late December when we originally asked Marco to to hook us up with some of this Dream Team IPA. He shot us a picture. What was it, Sheena? Maybe like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah saying that he had it. I was honestly starting to think that you just kind of kayfabed it, man. Like somehow <laughs> you staged it, and this was going to be like uh, you know, if anybody listens to what happened when Tony Schiavone's been promising to give Conrad Thompson the the old NWA six man tag belt for like years, and he's never oh, gotten. Yeah. I was starting to think that this Dream Team IPA was uh, was Marco's version of the six man belt, but he gave us a tracking number, so we'll see what's in the box. You know, I'm I, I'm I'm worried there's going to be like you know an empty uh, a empty case of it, or you know maybe like a printed out picture of the Dream Team IPA, but yeah, but Who we'll knows? see. So it's just going to be some cans that Marco's drawn like stick figures on, you know, just a, just a heel turn. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's going to be but, a can uh, of Bush Light with like a piece of duct tape on it and Dream Team <laughs> yeah. and Sharpie. Yeah, yeah, just all the R's backwards and Dream. <laughs> I just wrote it all wrong, but uh, yeah. So, so I have that, and uh, and now I'm just sipping on some. Uh, some Snoop, some Snoop wine. Ooh, oh, yeah. that's that's Don't me. That's start, me and Marco's bougie I'm about beverage. To mute you guys, I'm about to mute you guys, mics. That that delicious red wine. Oh man, the rosé too is. is I, I haven't. I still well. haven't tried the rosé. I haven't seen it. Of course, I haven't been looking. So but yeah, I, I need to. I need to go to Whole Foods and see if they're they're carrying oh, the, yeah. the Snoop Dog Rosizzle. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> the shizzle. Oh, I, I, I can literally hear people like swiping right and deleting this podcast from their feeds. From, uh, Wrong. They, guess, they love it. <laughs> they love it. They're they're she drinking know, Snoop Dogg wine too. They just don't want, they won't tell anybody. <laughs> what are you drinking, Sheen? I'm back on that WrestleMania 17 margarita. Uh, it's Stone Cold's perfect or Stone Cold's Broken Skull margarita recipe with Terramana instead of Patron Silver. Uh, it is it is bomb. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably be sipping on that until I'm, I'm done with that bottle of Terramana because it's so good. Nice. How many how many shots of tequila are in that? Um, it's one and a half ounces of tequila, and then it's got Grand Marnier and uh, you know all the all the fixings, lime, good stuff. Nice. Okay, and I'm drinking uh, Wild Little Thing by Sierra Nevada. It's a slightly sour ale. Big fan of really anything Sierra Nevada does. They used to do Beer Camp a few years ago, which would early, every early summer they drop a 12 pack of just a variety of different craft beers that they collaborated with with other brewers. But Sierra Nevada, they're really one of the first craft brewers that really hit it big but this is a sour ale love sour beers i'm a big fan of, of these and uh they actually found this at target believe it or not so hit it up it's uh it's got guava hibiscus and strawberry in it and i think if you get somebody that's kind of hesitant to try beer this could definitely be a good gateway for them because this it damn near tastes like a seltzer it's so fruity oh my bad I, I i just looked it up i meant to say one and a half shots not one and a half ounces one and a half shots so it's three ounces of of terramana tequila so it's going to hit nice. Hell yeah. It's definitely not the kind of thing you want to be making any major life decisions <laughs> after uh, no. after knocking back. No, I'm not going to be buying any, um, you know, Dogecoin as what Seth and <laughs> Seth was talking about. I'm not going to be buying any crypto after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's quickly get into AEW. Marco, what'd you think of that main event between Jungle Boy and Darby for the TNT Championship? I actually, uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the, the my first thoughts are like 
uh, AEW is the only place where you're going to see like these two guys like have a main event match. Um, I mean, obviously in the WWE, they probably wouldn't be seen as a, a main event match on like Raw or SmackDown. Um, so I was actually really happy to see. That's what's actually, cool about AEW for sure. Yeah, uh, but I was actually happy to see both of those both of those guys main event and their homegrown talent. Uh, yeah, out of AEW too. So right. we talked about this a lot on the show. Like the homegrown talent of that of that organization is should be should be put in those positions to you know have those main event matches and stuff like that. So, but I thought the match was phenomenal. Um, uh, my wife actually watched it um, as well with me. And um, what actually one of my friends is a quick story. Uh, one of my friends uh, shot a shot a text to uh, in our group chat. He was just like, "Hey, uh, my wife doesn't think that." Uh, Jack Perry looks like his father. What? And I was like, you're insane. Has he ever like, seen Luke Perry? Like- <laughs> yeah, he looks like his dad with long, poofy hair. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And I was like, I told my wife, she was like, she's like, oh my God, he looks just like him. Like, it's like if he was no. younger with long hair, he looks just like him. Yes, but, um, he does. I was like, my first thought was like, you should divorce her if she doesn't think they look alike because yeah. that's just, that's just, uh, that's just wrong in my yeah, eyes. But, um, but if any anything, yeah, no, the match was the match was great. Um, I wish, obviously, I wish Jungle Boy won. Um, yeah, same. But, um, yeah, I love Jungle but yeah, Boy. But uh, Darby Allen's been. I mean, I think he's if he hasn't grown on you yet. Um, I know a lot of people when you first you first seen him in AEW, just like oh, he's just like a knockoff, you know, Jeff Hardy and all this stuff. But he's he's coming to his own. I think. Yeah, yeah definitely he's awesome, sting. man. Yeah, he's yeah. took a little, you know, he's got a little, you know, a whole lot of Jeff Hardy, a little dash of Sting, and then his own his own kind of flavor. Yeah, he brought to when it. he fir- when he first came in, though, I think he was just really using those high spots. That's really all he had. He didn't really have a developed character yet in AEW. Yeah. He didn't really have you know a personality or a real gimmick yet. But he just we knew we were like, oh, this is the coffin drop guy, you know, and that was kind of yeah. like what he was. <laughs> but he's you know, and that's kind of how I felt about him. I was like, you know, that's really cool and all. I mean, I'm glad he can do that. You know, God. I feel bad for his spine, but um, he's grown on me and I really like Darby. I think he's, I think he's like, you know, he's definitely deserving of being uh, the TNT champion. And, you know, I'm excited that he's had such a good run. We still need those Darby chase figures to start hitting. I've seen exactly one. I've seen one unconfirmed, like find out in the wild. It was never even like a hundred percent proven. Some, some guy said he found one at a Walmart in Massachusetts, but I don't know where those things are at. They may have been on that, uh, that boat that was stuck in the Suez Canal for a little bit or something. But, uh, but yeah, we need those to show up. I thought the match was awesome. There was so much stuff going on. It was really cool seeing Sting and Luchasaurus mm-hmm. go at it. Uh, yeah, they kind of fought to the backstage. I was, I was starting to think like if they had, if that ends up being a, a one-on-one match, that might be like the most toyetic match of all time. Yeah. <laughs> seeing the Stinger going up yeah. against him. And then, you know, we had, um, you know, ego, all, all ego, Ethan page and Scorpio sky kind of crashed the, crashed the party there at the end. So, yeah, you guys. There's so much going on. They they really AEW really makes the most of their minutes on TV. Yeah, and real quick, speaking of that, um, I know we don't talk ratings on here a lot because it's boring, and you know nobody wants to hear that. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you've already looked it up. But can we talk? Like, I feel like this is a big deal. Like, we need to talk about the fact that AEW, you know, on its first solo night, hit 1.2 million uh, views, which is like insane, right? They and- were number two on TV last night. The only thing that beat them on cable was MTV's The Challenge because, I mean, you know, yeah. that's an institution. You're not beating The Challenge. Yeah. But, and then uh, yeah, this, they this last week, yeah, this past week, I just looked it up and they, it was 1.1. So they went down a little bit. But the cool thing, I mean, the thing about AEW is like they're maintaining that viewership the entire show. So it's not yeah. like Raw where you have like one big segment. I mean, there's a possibility that they're going to out rate raw 
You know what I mean? Like that's going to be humongous when that happens because yeah, right I mean, now, if, Raw- it was, if it was based strictly on quality, they'd be crushing raw. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. AEW and NXT are so far ahead of raw right now. SmackDown is still pretty decent. I think SmackDown is still a solid wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. not on the same level as NXT and AEW right now, but raw is just abysmal. You know, there's really, yeah. there's no other way to describe it. There's no way to sugarcoat it. And I, I always look for, the like you know the silver lining on on any dark cloud in, in wrestling but yeah. raw is just horrible you know luckily the pay-per-views somehow always still deliver it actually kind of boggles the mind that yeah. raw can be so bad and the pay-per-views are all still pretty consistently really really good shows um but yeah AEW is just killing it right now it's just if i was even if i wasn't a wrestling fan i feel like if i was just flipping channels i would stop because there's just always seems to be something interesting going on well like i said i mean yeah. they're they're maintaining that viewership from start to finish whereas like you know nobody's watching raw at that 10 o'clock hour like it's just i mean i, I bet the ratings like fall by half you know and so it's just at, i feel like it says a lot that they maintain you know over a million for their entire show yeah you got to think like too like all those other shows you're mentioning they're all 2 hours yeah. Raw is three hours. If they just, I think if they just cut that hour off of Raw, two hours would, is the sweet spot. Yeah, do you just get eight to eight to ten, and mm-hmm. then Raw, Raw would be the, uh, a lot on the better, east on the East Coast. Like the Raw is a slog. Like being up that late, and you know, I come from watching you know over six years of Raw, um, with it being <laughs> like in the middle of the day. It went down so much easier too when we were in Hawaii because yes. you're it, typically you know between it, it would come on at two o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon, in the afternoon. And stay until five and you know our, we only had our son at the time Stella wasn't born until we moved back here but he's still up so like it's on but you're still doing stuff in the background you know you're prepping for dinner mm-hmm. um, you know I'm playing with bread just doing whatever it's you like background doing noise yeah. yeah yeah and you and you know you could you could kind of lock in and pay attention on the high spots but now being in you know prime time late at night there's just there's so many other things that you could be watching instead. Um, I was listening to an old episode of The Masked Man Show. That's another one of our favorite wrestling podcasts here. Shout out to, to David Shoemaker. And he had a good idea for how Raw could be used kind of going forward. Because SmackDown is clearly the A show now, being on Fox, um, being on network television with such a huge built-in audience. Um, they said that they should, instead of still focusing on Raw, being the you know the premier show just because it's been around longer, they should use Raw as almost like the bridge between NXT and SmackDown. You know, you could have Raw where your first hour is just straight up matches, like the the way Nitro used to be, um, kind of the way AEW Dark is. Just give us an hour of really good in ring action and just to establish guys. You know what I mean? Imagine if you got to see Ricochet go on like a twelve or fifteen match win streak on um, on Raw. You don't got to have any storyline. Just let him go out there and do what he does in the ring. And then you could also, in the the later hours, you could have some uh, storyline and stuff mixed in. And then once guys are ready, they kind of graduate to SmackDown and let SmackDown really be the the main show going forward. Obviously, I don't think that's ever going to happen just because Raw is Vince McMahon's baby, for better or worse, no matter... No matter what channel um, SmackDown's on, I think yeah. Raw is still always going to be the you know the favorite child or whatever. Uh, but I, I do think that would be a good way to use it. There's just yeah because the, the roster's so talented. You can make a case right now, especially on in ring ability, that this is the most talented roster WWE has ever had, and mm-hmm. it's just not connecting on the weekly television like it should. No, no, nope. nothing matters on on Raw, honestly. Nope. Uh, we saw uh, Sheeta once again successfully defend the women's AEW championship. Um, yeah, it feels like she's had this belt forever. You know, she's the she's the second champion, right? Riho had it first. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but um, I'll ask you, Sheena, first. Does anyone care about the AEW women's championship? 
I mean, I, I know I've been a little bit of a, a buzzkill on this show tonight, but I'm going to say that I don't care. I do not care. Um, you know, I mean, I would love to see someone like, you know, Britt Baker go in there. And, yeah, and I don't win know it. what they're waiting for. I feel like that would be not to cut you off. But yeah, that's like that is definitely like the the ticket to get people invested in it. You know? Yeah. I just feel like she has the, the capacity to really bring a lot of interest and just make it fun and just, you know, have a nice, crazy heel run with it. And just give it some meaning. And yet I'm just sitting here thinking like, if it changes hands to anybody else, I'm just going to be like, meh, it just doesn't do it for me. So yeah, I I don't care. Yeah. Just meh. Marco, how about you? How, how invested are you in the AEW women's division? Is Uh, that, has it grown any more since the last time we discussed this? I feel like we hit this up once a, uh, yeah. Once every three, four weeks. Yeah. Touch on it. No, I mean, it has promise. Um, I was actually thinking of this too when I was watching that match last night with uh, Tay Conti and uh, and Cheetah. And, um, it, it it's the champion has to bring bring something. It has to, like you said, bring an audience. And you know, nothing against Cheetah. She's great, great, talented. Yeah, like um, pound for pound, probably one of the best uh, ladies that they ha- that they have in wrestling, not just in AEW. Um, but we talk about this all the time, the it, like the it factor. And, you know, personally, I don't think she has it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would benefit if, you know, Britt Baker, you know, if she is next in line that she does win the title and she holds it for a very long time just to build up the rest of the, the women's and just to division, give it right? some interest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there, nothing exciting has happened with the women's, you know, title. Like it, I feel like there should be like, if Brit has it, there can be all kinds of hijinks and all kinds of like storyline interferences and like her just barely squeaking by with the title. Yeah. And, you know, you got uh, yep. Reba, Reba's her name, right? That's her like, Reba, little, yeah. yeah, you got, you got Reba that can get involved. Um, it's just so much more interesting to me than, you know, she to just being this dominant champion that never loses. You know, I just yeah. feel like it, it's run its course. It's, I mean, it's over. And yeah. they need to, they need to move on. I don't know what they're hanging on for. Um, you know, it's it's ridiculous at this point. Yeah, the other thing too is like with the like the promos and stuff like that. There's no like, there's nothing you there's nothing having you buy into, uh, the sheet as a as a as a dominant you know champion and stuff like that. True. I mean, you can see physically that she is a dominant champion. She's beating everyone that's that they put in her in her way. But there's nothing. She's not telling you. She's not giving you that story. Yeah, um, but he, but I mean, you think about someone even like EO though. I mean, EO wasn't like going out there and cutting like a you know bajillion promos or yeah. anything. But she just has that. She has that it factor, and I, she's a believable champion. And I'm just like she has time, charisma with well, her in ring work. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and she also had those like cool like video packages that they would do on her and stuff like that. Where, Very true. Yeah, they put the production value behind yeah, her. And, WWE. and she's got badass entrance music yeah. too, which helps yeah. a lot. Yeah, I don't see that with Sheeta. She has an awesome entrance too, as well with the sword and everything. But like. Whereas like the like the I mean unless I'm missing it I don't see it on the regular unless they do it on like the AEW Dark or Mm-mm. you know they're throwing up on YouTube or something like that but I don't see those like those like production pieces even if she can't like you know do like a promo in ring maybe do those you know those like videos and air them yeah. on AEW Dynamite to give us more you know like so we can like you know 
Yeah, they're clearly they're just clearly not invested in the women's title. And I wish they would just say that instead of just skirting around the issue. (laughs) Just come out and say, you know what? We don't give a shit about this. So we're not going to. So you shouldn't give a shit about this because we're getting I'm getting worked up about it because I'm like, they could really make this interesting and they could help build this women's division. But, you know, and they're just they're leaving all these women in the dust, you know, because nobody cares. Like, it doesn't matter. They have nothing to fight for. You yeah, know? My, my, uh, my fear for Britt Baker is that, you know, they see how much she's gotten over and how much she's connected with the audience without even really being in the championship picture. And she starts to get thrown in that kind of Dolph Ziggler box where they know like the, the wins and losses kind of don't really affect this person and how over they are and how much the fans like them. And that, that may be why they, they may feel like somebody like Sheeta needs to hold the belt to, to be relevant, you know, so. Um, but that, why are we still trying to make her relevant? I mean, she's been yeah, the, yeah. she's been the champion. Like you know, why are we still investing in making her relevant? Clearly, if she hasn't, if she's not become relevant by now, that ship has sailed. Yeah, it's kind of like a yeah, kind of like a cop out in that sense. And like yeah. the other thing too is a, uh, I think like you know as much crap as we give WWE about like you know creative and all that stuff, like the the women's division. We talk about this like literally probably every week. <laughs> how great the women's division is. Like oh, yeah. it kind of. You're kind of hindering what they're doing. Like they're set the blue, they they set the blueprint, um, mm-hmm. and they built the foundation for a successful women's division in wrestling, yeah. and making them the making them even even more popular than men. Yeah, in, women in are main events WrestleMania, and it's not even a big deal. It's like and, you know, yes. what I mean, it's like yeah. this is so you, it's have, just, you have it's, women you, at it's, yeah, it's you have women like, at WWE. Cra- like crashing through these glass ceilings, you know, if I, for all for all women across the board in every company everywhere, you know, to be yeah. able to main event their company shows and to be the closing acts and to be a big deal. Yeah. And then you have this, this, the, you know, secondary company, right? You know what I'm saying? The second biggest company behind WWE, it, like has these women and they're doing nothing with them. You know, yeah, and I feel they, like with all the women that are going to be coming in and out of WWE and everything, like that, like they could get more time. I mean, they have the iconics that are free agents right now. I mean, I'm I'm scared yeah. for them to even go to AEW because I'm like, what like what are they going to do with them? Exactly. Nothing. Yeah, they should. I mean, whatever blueprint. Like, don't don't be afraid to copy whatever WWE's doing. They've been around forever. They've exactly you know, set the pace, and they've like I said, they laid the blueprint. They've laid the foundation. Just take take what they're doing, and, and exactly you and, don't have uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just, yeah, just just follow follow the freaking breadcrumbs. You just know? do it. You you have so many. You you have women there that are like they they have like pretty pretty awesome gimmicks. Um, and like you could you could definitely put them in the forefront. I mean, they had the and the thing you know, about AEW is like you have like with with. Uh, well, I mean, Alexa's a little bit kind of out there right now, but you know, there's a pre- there's kind of a mold for women's wrestling in WWE. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're they're yeah. athletes, they're badasses, and you know, thank God they're not doing you know pillow fights anymore. But with AEW, I mean, you have characters like Luchasaurus, and like you could get so creative with the women and what they're yeah. able to do because it's Look just they Abaddon. have Abaddon. Yeah, Abaddon, yeah, they yeah. just have a totally yeah. different vibe. Chris you know, Statlander, and the, the alien stuff. Like, yeah, you have you have the capability to just like get creative beyond your wildest dreams, and they're doing they're doing absolutely nothing yeah if anyone's yeah, I would, uh, as good it. as aw is like i don't even think they're number two i think impact actually has a better oh no the way yeah that was what i was gonna say yeah the AW. women's division and impact is definitely a step above of aew they no I, mean, go- I just meant them as a, like the biggest company overall not just women but yeah right. I, I see what you're saying yeah yeah no they definitely have a way better uh women's division uh and they th- like they have veterans there too that that are helping mm-hmm. out the younger uh younger talent too so like I mean, they, and they're partnered with with Impact, so yeah. I mean, hopefully, like 
they they even take something from them and you know even have those some of those ladies cross over to AEW yeah. have like a Jordan Grace show up and be like that like person that takes the title from Sheeta. Yeah. I mean she definitely could. I mean if she wanted to if they wanted to go that route like uh, uh, Deanna Perrazzo, she's she's there as well. She's the champion. They could have mm-hmm. her set foot into AEW. Like, there's so many options now that they have this like kind of like there's like the mutual working door. relationship. Yeah. yeah, and they have that wor- working relationship. They can they could do those crossovers. I mean, maybe maybe this. Uh, I mean, we're gonna probably talk we we'll talk about it next, but like maybe the Kenny and Rich Swan thing will actually open doors to like a full blown like for sure uh, crossover be- between the two. So who knows? But yeah, they definitely definitely need to. I, I enjoy women's wrestling in and wrestling in general, and I think yeah. AEW definitely can uh, step it up a little bit. It was it was a, it was a few months ago when I like completely healed off on the AEW women's division, yeah. and um, <laughs> here I am again a few months later saying the same things. So that should tell you all you yeah. need to know about what AEW is doing with their. And I, I will give credit where credit is due. Like I, I, when they did the the Britt Baker match, I like was blown away i was like this oh yeah is, this is this is awesome. the catalyst for what they need to do and like they need to use this as their foundation to move forward and to set the bar for all the women in that locker room and since then it has been a wet fart been nothing that yes. buzz fizzled out and they're right back yeah. where they were before yeah get it capitalized all right so yeah marker you teed us up with the perfect segue let's roll into uh impact we got rebellion going down this sunday the main event kenny omega trying to uh you know make the prophecy continue as the belt collector going title versus title, putting the AEW championship on the line against Rich Swan with the impact championship. Who would have thought, you know, all those know. years ago, Rich Swan was winning the cruiserweight championship <laughs> on the first of, of 205 live that he would be headlining a pay-per-view against Kenny Omega in a world championship versus world championship match. Crazy. Uh, Marco, what, what's your prediction for this one? Man, this this match, I mean, it's a it's a. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys feel, it, but it's definitely a big fight feel, and it could definitely it mm-hmm. change the landscape of a professional wrestling depending on how this match goes. Oh, for sure. Um, I think either way, it'll definitely um, it'll change it. But uh, I mean, if 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 Rich Swan wins, I mean, that'll definitely like that'll. I don't even know that. I can't even imagine what that's going to do uh, to AEW in in Impact, like. It's gonna I mean, make it's gonna make both shows a must watch. So that's that's yeah. the, that's the benefit that's of Rich Swan winning. That's the yeah. best case scenario is that if Rich Swan wins, like I would I would tune into Impact and be like, what the hell is gonna happen here? So what's do you he, guys think there's any chance say? Rich Swan wins? Because I would actually put this. I wouldn't even give him the most minuscule chance here. I think there is a zero point zero percent chance Rich Swan wins. That, that that's what I think it is. That's why I think I think I think they want people to believe that. I think Rich Swan wants. People to believe that he's not going to win this this match, and Kenny Omega got the pin on him yeah. in that six man tag that they had already, yeah. so he already has that win over him. Does I, I just know. feel like I, I feel like um, with all the things that have gone on, like they really haven't given um, impact. Like you know, impact has given AEW a lot of time and a lot of shine you know i feel like it has the the love hasn't been reciprocated on the aew side though. oh yeah you know i mean you got the the good brothers over on you know uh aew now but they're they're doing stuff with uh yeah Ken- they didn't even uh they didn't even mention it on wednesday night i don't think they even talked about this exactly yeah they're not they're not even they're not talking about it and it's just and that's the thing so i mean yeah kenny could go and like you know win like win the impact championship but it's like 
So what does that do for impact? And what does that do yeah. for the partnership? It really puts impact yeah. at a, at a like point where it's like, oh yeah, they really aren't up to snuff. Like, why are we even like watching these guys or partnering with these guys? If AEW yep. guys are just going to come through and run, run through That's, this division, you know, and which yep. is again, why the only reason why I think Rich Swan could possibly win this, you know, obviously I'm talking, you know, uh, breaking kayfabe here. I feel like it would it would be the most interesting thing for both brands and it would show that there's a reason to watch both brands versus like Kenny Omega going down there, getting the belt, being the belt collector, which is cool. And, you know, I, I would be here for it if he was carrying around two titles, but it does absolutely nothing for the partnership for Impact so and AEW. Both you guys laid out good cases for it, but, you know, let's look at the AEW championship lineage. You got Chris Jericho, you know, yeah. one of the top 10 all-time wrestlers. You got Mox, one of the most beloved baby faces of the last 10 years. And then you got Kenny Omega, one of the best in-ring performers um, possibly of all time. And it's going to go from those three guys to Rich Swan, <laughs> Rich freaking Swan. Rich Swan's cool. I like Rich Swan. You know, um, he's a good wrestler. I've always been, you know, he's there's nothing wrong with Rich Swan, but I think he is, uh, you know, He's in way deeper waters than what he should be swimming in, uh, getting in the ring with Kenny Omega. Now, I, I, could totally, I could see multiple scenarios where Kenny doesn't win um, or Kenny, you know, I, I should say he doesn't leave with the Impact Championship because, uh, you know, there's this guy named John Moxley who yeah. uh, has been dying to get his hands on Kenny. And, and that, honestly, that's my prediction. I think Mox is going to come in and crash this party and, and get involved in this. We I all thought he was, it's crazy. We all thought he was taking time off after that exploding barbed wire death match uh, disaster from Revolution. But he's been busier than ever. You know, he was yeah. in Bloodsport. Um, yep. and he was all over WrestleMania weekend on the indie shows. So I, I think we're going to see Mox show up and crash the party. And uh, this ends up just being a straight up schmoz. That, that's my pick. Yeah. Um, are you guys, are either one of you guys officially picking Rich Swan to lead with the AEW championship? No, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going with Kenny. I think the, the smart money is on Kenny Omega. So because you think at, Kenny takes the belt? Yes. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, I know I was saying, you know, the working relationship between AEW and impact, but I think AEW, like they're, they're concerned about AEW first, right? Like impact is cool. It's cool that they're breaking down that fourth wall and they're, they're partnering with other brands. But at the end of the day, like AEW is going to look out for AEW and I don't know what kind of strings, you know, they pulled, but I don't think they're going to let their champion lose the belt on another show's pay-per-view. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think going by like what, what uh, Seth's saying, I think if, if, Something does like a schmoz does happen, and it's a disqualification. Neither one of them loses their titles, right? So, that's, so why, that, yeah. that's probably what's. I mean, I'm assuming that's probably going to be the uh, what's going to happen. Just breaking kayfabe, just a yeah. safe way of you know saving face for both champions. Is I think know, that's a likely. Does, I think that's a likely scenario. Yeah, yeah. Like Moxley does come in and you know it hits like Kenny Omega, and then obviously Kenny Omega wins via disqualification. True, but they, um, they've been they've been giving Kenny this uh, belt collector moniker and yet so far he's only collected one so i feel like if they're gonna this is like the time for them to go ahead and like make that moniker mean something so they can like well, at least at least sell some merch you know well he still has that uh triple a title too, yeah though. he's the yeah he's the champion of triple a right now oh yeah. yeah that's the biggest promotion yeah. in mexico but they yeah, so they don't hype it up as much as they should yeah so uh but i, I don't know let's it, like he's does like Seth said there's definitely tons of different scenarios that could come out of this, but it's not I mean, impossible. Nothing is impossible, which is what which is what is cool with this because I I feel like if this were WWE, we would definitely know what the outcome and kind of have you know it would be a little bit breadcrumbed and mapped out for us. Um, but I feel like with this, I'm like it could go any way, and I'm not going to be like 
super shocked. You know, I think it, it yeah, this, uh, I, I, th- I like that. It's going to be interesting regardless. I'll, I'll be watching. I'll, yes. Yeah. I'll be definitely watching this. Marco, are there any, uh, any other matches you're excited for on the card? Oh man. Um, definitely the, uh, the, ba- the major brothers explode. Definitely that yeah. match. I'm looking forward to it just to see. Yeah, who, uh, that one's going to be good. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I was going to pose a question to you guys just for fun. So obviously we know that Matt and Brian are, you know, really kind of leading the, the, the charge on, on wrestling figures, um, kind of being as hot as they are right now. Uh, so let's say this match, you know, devolves into straight up a hardcore fight. Each of you can, uh, you know, you can bring a wrestling figure in to use as a foreign object. Sheena, I'll let you go first. Uh, what are you using? <laughs> so there's one really obvious answer, but I want to get a little bit creative here. Um, I, I think, I think Seth, you'll probably pick the obvious answer because I know you and I have talked about things like this before. Um, but I'm going to pick this. This is going out there a little bit. I'm going to pick elite 73, uh, Alistair black. <laughs> I think using his, uh, his vest, I'm going to use it like some brass knuckles, you know, and like it's, <laughs> wow. it's got those, it's got those little spikes and studs on it. I mean, you could also use the, uh, you know, uh, road warriors as well, but at, at the same time, like you could put it on his brass knuckles and like, you know, punch your opponent. Well, Alistair black's a little bit cheaper to find than the road warriors too. You know, either the road warriors and Legion of doom figures, those figures are a hundred bucks easy. You can, yeah. you can find Alistair yeah. black a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got huh. those per- perfect, spikes and it would be really super low key so the the ref's not going to see it you know you could really just sneak it out of your pocket and put it on and then just like pound your opponent's face and you know cut them open and whatnot so that would be that would be my pick of what i would choose for my weapon of choice marco how about you what do you uh, oh, what do you think of the figure warfare I'm gonna any, have to, it could be I'm any gonna, figure from any line all right i'm gonna i'm gonna give the hot tag to uh to uh zero mendez Ooh. And have to go with one of the biggest LJNs I can find. <laughs> and just bludgeon the shit out of somebody with an yeah. LJN. Yeah, that you was gotta, that's... You gotta go with the King Kong King Bundy, Kong man. Oh, yeah, King Kong Bundy. So, or he's Andre so too. just immense and dense that, you know, he's just he's a freaking weapon of mass destruction. I think I think Bundy's a little bit better than Andre, because Andre, the figure was a little bit taller. He was spread out a little bit more, whereas yeah. King Kong Bundy's just like a freaking his bowling c- ball. Yeah, his dude. center he's, of he's, gravity is very, very centrally located. Yeah, so I'll go no. ahead. I'll give you guys my finish. So if, if I'm in this match, so I, you know, and I'm trying to get the, the five star special from Uncle Dave, I'm busting out the King <laughs> Kong Bundy LJN. I'm using yes. it straight up as a projectile, um, you know, but, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be exhausted and throw it and just collapse, you know, collapse from how tired I am after I knock my opponent out with it. By the time I crawl over, I just get the near fall, you know, the 2.99 seconds and he kicks out. <laughs> Crowd's going wild. This is awesome chance playing. It's to finish him off, I'm reaching under the ring. I'm actually grabbing out the LJN wrestling ring. Okay. And if anybody remembers that thing, the posts on that, I don't know what kind of plastic they were using, but that stuff was basically like one step below like titanium as far as oh, how yeah, hard no, it was, it was, those <laughs> poles were. And I'm going to power bomb my, impo- my opponent onto one of the ring posts of the LJN ring, basically freaking impale him. And uh, that's going to be how we finish off this, uh, this hardcore figure warfare. I like it. I'm here for it. All right, so moment of truth. It's thirty nine ninety nine. Marco, are you buying Rebellion? I am. I'm actually going to a friend to watch it, so I will not be purchasing it. So it will be purchased, but I will be doing the purchasing. Nice. Yeah. I am. I'm keeping an open mind, dude. I have never. I, I might pop my Impact Cherry on Sunday. I've never oh, wow. purchased an Impact pay per view, but I really want to see what happens with um with Rich Swan and Kenny Omega, and I'm intrigued enough by some of the other matches on the show, yep. especially Matt versus Brian. 
that yeah. uh, I may get it. You know, we got we got some lawn work. You know, we got a really exciting Sunday lined up. We got to mow the yard and you know do some other stuff to get caught up around the house. But if it's Sunday evening and we don't got anything else going on, I may go ahead and pull the trigger on uh, on Fight TV and, and watch that because I think it is going to be a pretty fun show. Yeah, the other match I want to um, definitely looking forward to is the uh, three way match for the uh, Impact um, X Division Championship. Yeah, TJP. Uh, yep, Ace Austin, uh, uh, Josh Alexander, and uh, we'll say friend of the show, TJP. I know, yeah. Um, he, is, was, uh, he was show, he was showing our chalk line post some love this week, so yeah, we can we we can officially call him friend of the show. I yeah, guess. he actually he follows the uh, the Twitter account as well. So yeah, nice. There's also a uh, a Sammy Callahan like death match or no holds barred match, so you know that's going to be insane. That dude loves his uh, his hardcore wrestling. Oh yeah, no, there's no, there's definitely some uh, there's, there's some killer matches on here. So yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, definitely interested in this. Like I said, this is going to be a it's going to be a uh, altering uh, a world altering uh, event. I think for uh, are the for uh, are the Good Brothers defending the tag belts? They are. They actually uh, they're facing Finn Juice, who has the I believe okay. they have the titles. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dave yeah, so, Finley and uh, Juice uh, Robbins. Yep. Yeah. So they're facing them for the. Uh, I think they're the co-main event. Okay. That night. So. Yeah, and I think all the wrestlers should be showing out because this is definitely going to be the most eyes that have been on uh, you oh, know, yeah. TNA Impact in a very, very long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right, let's get into Go Figure. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Go Figures, where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. All right, before we get into figure news, I want to give another plug to The Hasbook. So on Instagram, that's at The Hasbook, T-H-E-H-A-S-B-O-O-K. The the book's going to print now. They're taking pre-orders. It's going to be ready to go in about six weeks. It's 200 pages, and this thing looks awesome. It is going to be the most comprehensive book ever put together on the Hasbro WWF figure line that we all love so much from the early 90s. They're covering the figures, the rings, the mini wrestlers they drop. Basically, everything that Hasbro released is going to be in there. It's the companion piece to the uh, the LJN figure guide, Wrestling Superstars, that came out last year that we told you guys about. We've already got ours pre-ordered. Can't wait to have it. And like we mentioned last week, you know, Sheena really uh, brought this up last year when the LJN book came out. This is a great way if you don't feel like diving in head first and trying to piece together that Hasbro line because some of those figures are pretty damn pricey this is an awesome way to just have some hasbro uh representation in your in your figure room or figure display or whatever you have going on so so we're really excited as soon as we get ours in hand we'll definitely be sharing up um some you know sample pages and stuff yeah uh, they're cool conversation starters like if you have a coffee table book you know i mean if you have like people over like i think a lot of people will remember even if they're not like hardcore figure collectors they'll be like oh yeah i remember these guys you know these figures and stuff so those are always cool little things to have around um you know your house whenever people are over yeah the hasbro figures are just so iconic man i really mm-hmm. you know i 
as being a hardcore figure collector as I am, I, I really try to pinpoint like what it is that made that line just so beloved. Cause I, I still think it's the most beloved line, even at yeah. a, at a LJN and everything that Jax did. And even as great as the Mattel elite line is, I, I think it's technically the best line ever. I don't think there's anything that's been loved as much as the Hasbro's. I think it's that gloss, you know, that like glossy bright look that all the Hasbro's have. Yeah. They, from that period in wrestling, it was all about really bright colors and stuff. And there was just that, that trademark Hasbro sheen that I think really just made people um, just fall in love with those figures. And they, they still hold up somehow, even 30 years, uh, 30 years later, almost now. Yeah. They just have a classic look too, because they're like, you know, they almost have a cartoonish look to them. So they're not like, they're not like accurate. You know, you can't really see that like, Oh, the, uh, you know, the technology has come so far. Cause we're still collecting figures like that, that were made in like the modern day. I mean, we have all the retros and everything. So we're still clamoring for figures like that because they do have that classic feel to them. Like, you know, it's not like where you're like looking back at the original Mattel elites or like the Jack's classic superstars. And you're like, Oh God. Like the Jack's bone crunchers, you know, the Jack's bone crunchers, they were going for a much more realistic look that at the time they were cool but when you they have not aged as gracefully as yes. the Hasbro oh, no. or LJNs have. <laughs> yes. The, the LJNs I like I want really want to talk to like the people that actually sculpted that line if they're even still around. I mean, we're getting really we're getting 40 years in the past at this point. Um cuz those things are really almost like mini sculptures if you look at them. Like it's crazy For how sure. good some of the face scans are. Like look at uh you know, we got a Greg the Hammer Valentine LJN that's floating around in our garage that the baby face plays with sometimes and I was picked it up there day and was just marveling at like the face scan. Like if Mattel dropped uh, uh you know, the next Greg the Hammer Valentine figure and the face scan looked as good as the LJN, I think people would just be raving over it. So, yeah. I don't know what technology they were using if they just had some really really awesome sculptors putting those things together, but Do you think we will ever have a resurgence of I know we kind of had that, you know, Young Buck set or whatever that came out. But I do you think we'll have like a legit resurgence of LJN style figures uh, with like modern superstars kind of in the in the, you know, vein of the retros? I don't think so. Big Shot Bill has talked about it. He said those figures are just they're very, very expensive to produce um, just because of, you know, it's just a solid piece of rubber Mm -hmm. um, and they're expensive to ship. Also, the weight of those things, the carding that you have to use. um, Yeah. Yeah, he just said it's just the the profit margins aren't there for those things to be um, released on a wide scale. And I think there was some magic there with um, what Chalkline was going for. I don't think they quite connected on the figures. Um, they connected. Know, a- the nostalgia was 1,000% there, which is what Chalkline yeah. is amazing at. They captured the entire feel, like the box art, the box, like the posing and everything. But the actual figures were kind of, they kind of fell short a little bit. Yeah, they were they were really, really cool figures, but they weren't LJNs. They were yeah. old San Francisco toy makers. Yes. That's what they were like. Yes. They were the they were the much more, more plastic. firm. Mm-hmm. Um, they were much more firm and they were shiny, whereas LJNs had more of a matte finish and were very, very pliable on, uh, yeah. you know, being able to bend. Um, yeah. So I, I would say no. I think there could be something like, uh, like what we've seen Zombie Sailor putting together with his uh, heels and faces line that's coming mm-hmm. out. I think you could see something similar to that for the LJNs. Um, there actually may be some money to be made if you could if you could do that. But obviously, I don't know enough about the toy industry to know what the cost would even be on bringing something like that to market. You know, the Cella, right. um, the Cella toys are going for like 30, 30 bucks plus a piece. So I got to imagine the LJNs would be higher than that. Yeah, so like I just don't know how much. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much uh, how much profit there is to be made on those. But um, either way, yeah, check out at the Hasbook on IG or go to thehasbook.com to pre-order. It's going to be something cool and it's going to be something that uh, you're going to regret passing up on because it's going to be a little bit of a limited run. Uh, Marco, take us away with 
figure news. Yeah, Jeff, definitely. And just to uh, piggyback off of that, they are actually doing like a bundle. If you go on their website, if you do order the Hasbook, they're doing a bundle with the LJN. Um, so you can actually buy yeah, both that's books awesome. and pre-order them uh, together. So obviously the LJN book is already out, but if you don't own it already and you're definitely getting the Has the Hasbook. Um, and if you, I mean, it's it, the LJN book's awesome. I mean, front to back, just like the what they have in there, all the ads and all the different, um, all the summaries of all the different uh, figures and stuff like that. It's it's really it, it, it's awesome. Yeah, definitely get the uh, definitely get the Hasbook because I can only imagine what they're they're gonna do with this one as well. But yeah, I would definitely order both if you don't have either one. For sure. Um, but uh, so we'll move on to uh, so AEW after this. After I think after we recorded the next day, they did the uh, AEW Unrivaled Series Five reveals, mm-hmm. uh, the actual figure reveals um, of every figure in the line, and obviously I think I guessed this before we are getting the uh, AEW Tag Team titles, which is awesome. Uh, first time in line for for those titles anyway. But uh, those belts look a lot better than the the women's belt in the AEW Championship that we've seen so far. Also. Yeah, they look more detailed, right? Like they look like they put more. Um, I don't want to say more effort, but it a looks little like more love. Yeah, more love into those. They're titles. just lear- they're learning as they go along. You know, they're kind of, they're they're coming into their own. They're hearing the the criticism and the feedback, and I think they're making changes as they go on. So I think we're only going to see this line improve every every series going forward. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I thought. I mean, I think the line looks amazing. I mean, they even showed the uh, the chase figures as well um, out of that line too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the. The, uh, the the focal point I think I think of that is uh, Luchasaurus. Oh, Luchasaurus um, looks insane. He looks as good as I thought he was going to look when they released just like the you know the sketches and whatnot. I just yeah. I'm so excited to get this figure. So I, I still got a hot take. I think that the Chase Mox is still the best figure in that set. I love that Luchasaurus. He's really cool, but. I think there's going to be a better Luchasaurus down the road. I don't think we were ever going to get a better figure of Mox that oh, this the, Mox the, eye, the, the eye patch is insane. Yeah, the eye patch looks great. Absolutely. Yeah. I was so overjoyed when I saw that it's going to be they, that they upped the numbers. We Jeremy had uh, Jeremy Padauer, friend of the show. He had uh, previously announced that they were going to up the numbers on these, but uh, I don't think anybody was for sure if that was going to start on series five until we actually saw the MOC pictures. And yeah, there's going to be 3,000. That's just 5,000. Uh, oh yeah. 5,000. Yeah. So yeah. the hangman is going to be 3,000 and then the mocks is going to be 5,000. So it should be much easier to find. And the prices on eBay should be much lower for those that, uh, you know, aren't able to grab one off the pegs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what'd you guys think of the other figures of the line? I'm really glad we're getting that hangman with the long yeah. tights. That's yeah. that's an awesome figure, and I think the he comes with like a pitcher and stuff also. Yeah, so. he comes with yeah, the the glass pitcher. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would, would I'm, excited. I'm excited. I'm about Jungle Boy. I think Jungle yeah. Boy looks great. I love his boots. Um, I'm 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 excited to get Marco stunt and see if they actually make him to scale. <laughs> make yeah, him a- I was still I was bummed. I was still holding out hope that. We were going to get, um, you know, like the upper half of Marco with Jungle Boy and then like his, you know, his lower half with uh, Luchasaurus. That was <gasps> oh going to be the accessories. Gosh, that would have been such a great idea. Like a build, a build a figure Marco stunt. That had been awesome. But I think for some reason, I don't know why, but I think I think they kind of like they're kind of like ringside and uh, Jeremy were going back and forth when they when they, when they were. Yeah, they were hitting. I reveals. think we're going to get a three pack of uh, uh, either that, either that, or I think I think Marco's son might be a ringside exclusive figure. Oh wow, that's what it, that's what it seemed like anyway. I mean, from like going back and forth and like 
I think they they want to give him like some like special like a special uh, presentation when he's released. So he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a a uh, ringside exclusive Marco stunt to uh, you gotta love the, Marco uh, stunt. Jurassic I love that. I love so. that guy. Yeah, that, that's what it seemed like anyway. So yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be pretty I, I awesome. saw that they were they were going back and forth trading some emojis and stuff. So yeah, so I mean, if that happens, I I mean, obviously that's an immediate pre order for me because yeah. we share the same name minus the letter. <laughs> A letter difference, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta get all these. These are great, and I'm glad we're getting. Uh, you know, I mean, clearly we got you know Hangman and um, you know Mox are, are dupes, but uh, everything else is first time in line, right? We don't have Scorpio yep. Sky already. We, and we don't have Frankie. Yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get a, a Scorpio Sky figure as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no that that line that line's still it's pretty promising and definitely I'm not, I haven't checked recently. I'm not sure if it's, they're still available for pre-order. They are. On yeah, they're on, anything, and they're so. actually on pre-order three. So it's not going to be a crazy wait for those. Yeah. Pre- yeah. The other, the previous line was, uh, pretty insane. That was like pre-order six or seven or something wow. like that. That was the one with like Kenny Omega, um, Cody mm-hmm. and the, uh, who else was it? It was Kenny Omega, Kenny, the bucks, Sammy G um, was in there. Oh no! I'm talking about, oh, the uh, the proud and powerful as well too. Yeah, yeah. that as well. Yeah, that one. That one was a little uh, extensive. So, actually, got the shipment for my. Uh, I got a notification for the uh, Kenny and uh, Cody. So nice. They're showing up from that line, and like I said, I staggered mine. Um, thanks. So they'll all be coming one after another, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll move on to uh, Cello Toys. Actually, we talked about this a little bit uh, before this. Uh, they actually showed a prototype for the uh, series, the Wrestling Megastars Series One Hayabusa, um, and it'll be available for pre-order within two weeks. So, uh, did you guys get to take a look at the, uh, yeah, the Hayabusa? Looks, looks cool, dude. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna have that jumping action. I mean, from what I see, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, definitely be adding this to the collection. Um, I don't have any Hayabusa figures. I know he's got a few Japanese figures and stuff that have dropped, but, but yeah, real cool figure. I like how they got the scars and stuff on the chest. Mm-hmm. And I think like they, I think we talked about this before, like the price point, it looks like they are going to be around like 30 bucks for, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if Chella did theirs, but I think, uh, I know the zombie sailors, I think it'd be around like $30. So I think we kind of like pinpointed that. Yeah. Anyway, I think I actually, I think Seth, you said that it was going to be around like $30 for these. Yeah. Uh, I think these that's kind of the figures. sweet spot. I think anything above 30, you're going to start to see people losing interest a little yeah. bit because it is still a, you know, a four inch scale figure and a, yeah. there's, there's definitely a limit for how much people are wanting to pay for, for figures that size. Well, yeah. And, there, and there's obviously there's going to be a limit to the availability as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I think the price point is, uh, pretty much, um, dead on with that. Um, next we have, uh, so legend series 10, it's starting to pop up in Target stores. Actually, only two of the figures yeah, half are of actually it. popping yeah. up. Yeah, half of the uh, series. The other half is on online only, uh, we found out. so. But uh, yeah, so Vader and uh, John Cena are Target store exclusives. Yeah. Um, and Brutus and DDP are uh, online only. Yeah, so, that's really uh, weird. I'm, I'm Obviously, Action Figure Attack has been very, very forthcoming with info on the WrestleFigs forum. He's got a running Q&A thread. So I'm interested to hear what exactly the production problem was. It's very weird that a company as big as Mattel ran into an issue where they only had half of a set ready to go. Yeah. Um, 
at a certain time. It's kind of strange, but hey, new figures on the pegs are always good. I, I like seeing people finding the uh, the Cena from the Firefly Funhouse match and uh, and and a Vader from the the eighties run in New Japan that we have we haven't gotten in figure form yet. Yeah, I think I, I mean I think th- those two figures as well. Are probably if you're gonna pick out of the out of the out of that series, the two that are gonna be in stores are probably gonna be John Cena and uh and Vader, just because I mean obviously they look super toyetic anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Vader with and all the accessories. The and- I think the D- the DDP is coming from some that was kind of after his peak in WCW. It's from his his ill fated WWE run. It's cool that we're yeah. getting a figure of it, but it's definitely not the most popular version of DDP. And same thing with Brutus. This is from the early days of Brutus Beefcake back in the Dream Team with Greg Valentine. Not his most popular incarnation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think like if you're a kid, like you know, walking down the toy aisle and you you look over and you see that Vader, I think that's more of a like a like a like it's going to catch your eye faster than, yeah. than anything with all the cool accessories and you know, as I like the the head the the mask and all that stuff and yeah, um, but yeah, actually. Um, Got in touch with the uh, the OG Fig Kid, uh, and he actually uh, was able to able to retrieve me a Vader. Vader, so. yeah, that was a killer yeah. clip, dude. Yeah, so still on the hunt for the uh, so I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like tennis ball the uh, the Cena. I'm not sure if I want to get that Cena. It's kind of like prototype slash modern Cena. Mm-hmm. So do you have sure. the do you have the prototype Cena that was the the Toys R Us exclusive from back? I in do not know. No. Okay. So probably yeah, I should get that one. Yeah, see, um, I, we have uh, we have that Toys R Us exclusive that came out um, back in late 2015, early 2016. Yeah. So no real need to add the Legends one, but it's definitely a cool figure and it's a, a unique look as far as uh, John Cena figures go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, I'm t- tennis ball that myself and trying to figure out if I want that or not. But we'll see. But uh, yeah, definitely if you're in your targets, definitely take a look out there. They are popping up everywhere. And it seems like it seems like it's a lot more frequent now than anything. I've seen a lot more people posting it on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. So hopefully you're lucky enough to get grab one of those. Uh, next up, our, our buddies over at uh, Legends of Lucha Libre, uh, they're actually uh, uh, releasing a uh, arena yeah, this um, thing is sweet. in conjunction, obviously, with, with extreme sets as well. So, um, yeah, maybe if it's up for pre-order right now, too, as well. Did you guys uh, – yeah, obviously, you guys get to take a look at it and stuff like that. It's, Pretty yeah, awesome. Ring awesome. not included. The thing, there is a the ring in the picture. Huge, man, I don't yeah. know. I'm, so yeah, you got to remember, like looking at the picture, it's like okay, this is cool. Remember that that's a basic scale ring on there. So just think yeah. of how big this thing's going to be when you look at how small the ring looks on that mock up of the image. But it looks amazing. I cannot wait to see what some of the uh, the figure photographers do with this thing. I would grab it if I had the space for it, but I just I don't. I got my arena has kind of been shrunken down to just a corner of our figure room. It's still yeah. pretty massive. But, uh, you know, this diorama is going to be absolutely huge, but it's going to be very, very cool seeing what the, uh, you know, what all the photographers like Figure Kingdom and some of the other ones um, are able to come up with with uh, with this new piece. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the one thing I like uh, noted from this is like, like I said, the crossover with uh, extreme sets. I'm hoping a lot of like other, you know, companies start to like do like crossover uh, type of uh, things. So, I mean, what would you guys like to see, like like different type of toy makers crossing over and making have you ever did you think about anything like that or 
Well, I mean, so Extreme Sets already kind of covers my two favorite lines with the the turtles and wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. We used to cover, we used to collect Black Series. We had a really, really big Star Wars Black Series collection, upwards of like 60 figures. They've had some kind of generic sci-fi dioramas on Extreme Sets, but it'd be cool to see them uh, kind of go all in. You know, give me like a, a Tatooine or like a Death Star oh, yeah. uh, type diorama yeah. on there. Um, you know, think about the like the center of the Death Star where Luke and Darth Vader had their famous lightsaber battle. Like a diorama that would be cool. And obviously Star Wars just has so many iconic set pieces that you could really go all out with that type of stuff. So I'd like to see him do some, uh, some more Star Wars stuff as opposed to kind of the, the generic sci-fi stuff that's on extreme sets. But obviously, you know, licensing is a thing. I know extreme sets isn't trying to get a, you know, a shitload of cease and desist letters coming in. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, that would be my pick. Some, some Star Wars extreme sets. How about you, Shane? I I would like some horror, like some, you know, like uh, the Myers house or, you know, the Freddy Krueger house, you know, that's like, that's totally right in my wheelhouse. That would be cool. I would love to have some backdrops with, uh, with like those in the background. So I think that could be really cool because, you know, uh, unfortunately, I guess I shouldn't say unfortunately. I mean, I made the choice to sell all my NECA horror figures, but I'm still itchy for those figures. Anytime I see a new NECA horror figure come out, I'm just like, oh my goodness. So NECA's dropping the, the universal monsters. I know. Uh, They already showed the, when they they announced that, I was, I was still in the process of selling, all of my NECA horror, or NECA horror figures and I was like oh my gosh should I stop right now because I know I'm going to want these as soon as I see yeah. them because they posted pictures of the the black and white Frankenstein oh, really really cool figure gosh, yeah they yeah. look they look incredible I mean that's one thing I mean because they're not really like I mean, they're horror figures, but they're kind of in a class of their own. You know, I mean, they're universal monsters. So I feel like you could have a contained set of universal monsters because there's a finite number of them. Whereas like if you just say horror, um, it really it gets really expansive. Uh, But yeah, the, the universal monsters like that is my wheelhouse. Like they are just so badass. Yeah, I was actually going to say that, like, if they cross over with uh, NECA, mm-hmm. they did like sets, um, you know, based on the, you know, the stuff that they have, it'd be pretty insane. Oh yeah. Um, like they could, like for, I mean, back to the future, um, would be really cool. I think if they did like some back to the future sets. Yeah. Freddy Krueger, they could do like the boiler, the boiler room and all room. that stuff. Like the, yeah. Oh, he's pretty <sighs> yeah. insane, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, we'll see. Maybe if someone's listening to the show, maybe they'll, uh, they'll come to the sense. I don't know, actually. man. Those, those licenses get pretty <laughs> damn expensive. And it, when, yeah. once you start working, ex- once you start working, working with licenses, you're under a lot of like scrutiny. You're under a lot of microscopes. True. Like they're not going to just approve something. Like I know when I was talking to Chalkline before, they were talking about their process of going through and like how, how many hoops they have to jump through just to like get something approved from, you know, the people that they license with. And it's, it's definitely a process. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that. Like, obviously they, they have a lot of licenses and stuff like that, uh-huh. especially like WWE and like what they have to, probably go through to get like um, oh yeah it's insane you you think yeah. like they're just like pumping out these designs like like this stuff this stuff comes into like uh you know into the world like months and months and months and months before it ever even gets like shown to the light of day to us you know because they're waiting yeah. for all these people to like sign off on it yep, send, send, okay, send their yep. feedback send it back get it signed off on again yeah it's it's a it's a thing yeah no i mean yeah definitely the hats off the chalk line too they obviously they you know they've tons of different licenses and stuff like that and they're yeah. still pumping out more oh yeah um and just uh depleting everyone's bank accounts but yeah uh, those nick tunes <laughs> designs they've been dropping are insane man yeah. i cannot wait to get those the, uh, the, uh real monsters and rocco's they, modern life shorts in the collection they, yeah. they keep on teasing me with the blood sport stuff man they just keep coming with different variations and they had, blood they had sport that, shorts what, and jackets and, yeah they had a tracksuit come out recently right wasn't it a track yeah they had the tracksuit then they had yeah. the red version of uh it was like they had the black 
um, shorts with the blood, uh, red blood sport, but now they had the, now they have the red shorts with blood sport on it. So yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stay away from them for a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, it's tempting, yeah. um, <laughs> but, um, we'll move on to, uh, zombie sailor. Uh, so we had a few blueprints, uh, that he revealed. So, uh, Swoggle is actually getting, is going to be a part of the heels and faces retro style. I'm not sure what series though. I'm assuming the later series, uh, Brooklyn brawler was also announced as well, which is pretty cool. Incredible. Um, and then King Kong Bundy was, uh, we spoke yeah, about him as an LJN. Yeah. We, we yeah. were able to work in uh, two King Kong Bundy references in one show. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, always a good who, who saw Who saw that coming? <laughs> no, exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm but, saying uh, that, you know, I've been to Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes, yes. On all three of these. Cannot yeah. wait to add these figures to my collection. I literally check zombie sailor toys, IG every single day, waiting to see when these pre-orders are going live. Cause I am not going to miss out on these figures. Yeah. Swaggle yeah, no, figures Swaggle figures will always have a soft place in my heart because these two boys that I used to nanny for, um, we would I would always take them up to the old Mark Cave in Hawaii and they loved the Horn Swaggle figures. It was like, you know, and when I when I met Horn Swaggle at WrestleCon, like that was one of the things I told him. I was like, dude, you know, these kids I nanny for, like your figure was their absolute favorite. They loved it. And he just thought that was like the coolest thing. So Aww. yeah, I uh I definitely I got my picture made with Horn Swaggle. So yeah, he, he gets an A plus in my book and I'm excited to add this uh this is the collection for sure. Yeah, definitely Brooklyn Brawler as well. Like, obviously, he's a he's a staple in professional wrestling. You can't. Yep. I mean, Steve you, you Lombardi. Have to, I think you, yeah, yeah, one have to of the buy, best yeah. jobbers of all time. Yeah, you have to get you have to get the Brooklyn Brawler. I mean, he's he's a he's a he might not be one of your favorites, but he you definitely you definitely have the respect for uh for for old Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, he was such a big uh, part of wrestling back in the eighties and early nineties. Man, like he was just he was always around. Yeah, he was a, he was like he was a he was a guy. He was the the not to break kayfabe, but he was the uh, the putover guy. He would throw him in the ring with with anyone, and they'd just kick the crap out of him, and you know make their name over the Brooklyn Brawler. So he made a career out Every, of it. Everybody so. has their place, <laughs> you know, in the food chain. No, exactly. That's like uh, like Ricochet is now. No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Should should have threw Ricochet in there, but uh, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. Love you, Ricochet. Um, so, but yeah, no, they they look awesome. I mean, I can't I can't wait for this line to actually see what they look like in person. And you know, Zombie Sailor, obviously, also friend of the show, uh, Zombie Sailor is. We have so uh, many friends doing his thing. I mean, we're the we're the fr- we're the friendliest podcast of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, we had the uh, we had the announcement of you know Mattel's bringing back the retros with Roddy Piper and Mean Gene, but in the meantime, before between that that whole like. We want retros moving and stuff like that. You had guys like Zombie Sailor and you had Cella Toys, you know, keeping you know, it taking alive, up the man. mantle. They they yep. they they put that foot in. You know, they they started creating these figures and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they they're definitely going to get the uh, they're going to get the uh, the utmost respect from all the collectors when when these drop. So, oh yeah, but yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for these to drop and uh, you know, let everyone rejoice and uh, and any retro you want, Mattel, Zombie. Chella, whatever you want, it's it's going to be there. It's going to be available. It's going to be enough for everybody to uh to to pur- purchase and add to their collections, if anything. Um, I think we talk about these every week for some reason. There's a new, yeah. there's a new Foco one. Foco is time. dropping heat. Yeah. Man. So uh, Foco, <laughs> another one, uh, another one. Uh, another DJ Khaled. One. Um, <laughs> they have a Oscar uh, bobblehead, um, limited to 144 pieces. Uh, same price, fifty bucks each. Same same price as the uh, the tribal chief. 
Did you get to? Do you guys get to see the uh, pics of this one? Oh yeah, yeah, stunning, man. There's so much. Pretty awesome. Like these guys are going all out on the craft for sure. Yeah, I love the fact that like uh, obviously WWE like obviously they license they license out a lot of you know different type of fig figures and statues and stuff like that, but these Fogo limited edition ones are they're yeah. pretty. They're pretty sweet. Like the, the Daniel Bryan one's yeah, pretty awesome. Since we too. talk about them every week, um, I got to plug our, our friends over at Fully Posable. They actually have a FOCO code. So if you're ordering these things, nice. uh, yeah, use their FOCO code. It's uh, WFP10, I think. But definitely check their podcast and make sure that's right. I think it's WFP10 for for FOCO. So if you're ordering these, you can save 10% off of uh, off of these bobbleheads. Yeah, the sauce yeah. one is just it's so colorful, man. Like this yeah. thing is so bright. You know, she's got the the green paint or the green mist or whatever is coming. Uh, you know, dripping down her chin. Like, yeah, this thing is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I I I, I don't want to equate her to like the uh, Ultimate Warrior, but you could definitely like with her with all the different t- color combinations. She's definitely actually, giving me like, Ultimate Warrior vibes in this for sure. Yeah, she could. Yeah, she could definitely. Uh, you could definitely. Uh, you know, have a bunch of different type of figure variations of her and and uh you know she's I would definitely like to see if, there, if any of our listeners out there if you guys have a focal collection like if you have a legit um you know like display of these things i would love to see it and see how you guys display these things because there's no room for them in our collection i mean they are a little bit you know they take up a lot of space i would imagine so um i want to see how you guys are displaying these things yeah definitely um but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for uh, for figure news. Nice. Let's get into uh, weekly purchases. What'd you add to the collection this week, Marco? Oh man! Uh, before I jump into that, so I did. So I had a I had a couple of extra uh, purchases from Phil. Phil Dunnett. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent me some Royal Rumble um, uh, figures. So I had an extra Warrior and an extra Titus O'Neil. Oh, nice. Um, and for some reason, one of my daughters is like way into figures. She loves wrestling figures. She nothing had, like, wrong with uh, that. Yeah, I had an extra Keith Lee. She she loves a Keith Lee figure. I have an extra uh, Hulk Hogan LJN um, that she loves. So she ended up seeing the Ultimate Warrior uh, <laughs> uh, Royal Rumble figure and just like would not put it down at all. Like she had the box in her hand, wouldn't. I didn't open it. I got. I had two of them. Yeah. I opened one of them and I had another one in the box. Um, wouldn't put it down. Just kept on like every time she goes in my room, just takes it and carries it around and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh my god, she definitely wants it. So obviously, me being the 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 good dad I am, broke it open for her. Oh wow. And she's actually. Wow. Uh, she actually what took it guy. to bed. She's sleeping. She's actually sleeping <laughs> in bed right now with the Ultimate Warrior. Hey man. With the. Uh, with the yellow intercontinental title uh, wrapped around his waist, so proud dad moment on my end. That, you're that's a, awesome. Uh, you're a better dad than me. I would I would have went and found a warrior basic or something <laughs> and, uh, and hooked it up, man. I was like, but she yeah. just wouldn't put. It, I was like, I was like, she. I mean, so it's. I mean, daddy's. Well, she, 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 she feels the warrior safe. Still connects, yeah. man. Yeah, our son. You know, our son Brett. Obviously, he's becoming a pretty solid wrestling fan. And that he was like still one loves of the Ultimate first, Warrior, you know. Yeah. Ultimate Warrior. That's Ulti what he says. He, that's what yeah, he, he drops Ulti he drops the W and he likes the music. Sometimes we'll just be chilling and he'll just he'll hit me up and be like, Hey, I need Ultimate Warrior music. And he's he won't stop until he hears it, man. So yeah, the Warrior, even after all this time, he still connects with all the uh you know, the little warriors out there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, uh speaking of Warrior, ended up getting the uh the ringside exclusive Ultimate Warrior in the mail, I think yesterday I got it, so Ours is in uh, Martinsburg, West Virginia. Yeah. Oh, geez. I thought, 
<laughs> I think you, I think last I week we, 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 we were saying it, we were saying yeah, it could be here tomorrow, and then yeah, just, I won't I won't say you know obviously we had some poor timing last week on uh, expressing some feelings on FedEx, so we'll just. All I'll say is that, yeah, last week I thought my figure was going to be here the day after we recorded and it still hasn't shown up. So we'll leave it at that because FedEx has had a, uh, you know, pretty rough time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that that showed up. Didn't get to crack it open yet, um, but uh, definitely, definitely will. I actually got my uh, my stained. I remember I talked about this before. My uh, Limp Biscuit slash Stained t-shirt. Oh, gosh. That came in from 2800 Studios. <laughs> so I uh, got that in the mail. Um, very pumped about that. Um, also, uh, the fig God, Jordan Wells, um, ended up getting the, the, uh, the Roman Reigns, uh, Master of the Universe. Everybody got their fig God mail today. I think I saw so many posts in the group, uh, with their, with the fig God mail today. Yeah. Yeah, When you're, when you're blessed by the fig God, I mean, it's, it's a good day. He's got like seven figures for me right now, but he's actually, he's flying out to Virginia for a double or nothing weekend over Memorial day. And so I told him to hang on to him and he can fly out with him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely, um, you know, there's only one MVP, but he's kind of like the unofficial MVP of the, uh, of the Chick Foley Facebook group. Cause the dude is just, he is the man when it comes to hunting figures. Yeah, definitely. He's the he's the all star. He's the all star of the uh, the Foley yeah. family. He's definitely you always see him hooking someone up in the uh, in the in the Facebook group between him and Phil Dunnett. Um, yeah, I mean they could they're they're like co MVPs or <laughs> or all stars. They could start their own dream team if they wanted to. Of uh, you're the you're the MVP. Uh, you know, Jordan's like he's like the NXT champ, and then Phil Dunnett's the NXT UK champ. <laughs> oh my gosh, I there love we go. That's actually yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> NXT UK champ of the uh, the Foley <laughs> Facebook group. Um, what else did I get? So the actually, oh, the other I didn't even talk about this. The only other thing I got was a uh, uh, a Rocky Maivia Bendems figure. That, why, is, why is there silence on this? Which one was it? Was that the uh, is that the one that has the card on it, or is it yes the, the original like the Rocky wow. Maivia, like not not the rock, not the rock, um, but yeah. So for, apparently, I, I haven't seen this. Oh, actually, I did see this, but I didn't know people were grading these cards. Did you did you see this? Like Mm-mm. the yeah. rocks because they were uh, saying that that's basically the rocks WWF rookie card. Yeah, so like I didn't I didn't know this. So I'm like on eBay, like looking around and stuff like that. And I, I see people grading this cutout card and it's like, wh- why are they doing this? But apparently it's going for like not millions of dollars, but thousands of dollars. Um, Cause he did have a rookie card. I believe it was the, I think I'd spoke about this before. Uh, I forget the name of the card company, but it was like a, it was a uh, WWF attitude, like series. It was like a 75 card series. And I think they had like um signed, um, personally signed cards uh, that you could find throughout. So the rock was one of them and it was technically kind of like his rookie card, but he like personally signed it. It wasn't like a fabricated signing or anything. Right. Um, and that was like his rookie card. Um, and then you had the, uh, the WWF trivia game, which was also uh, technically a rookie card of the rock, Rocky Maivia. Uh, but then there was this Bendham's card as well that they're also saying is a rookie card. So how did you how did you acquire this figure? You just grabbed it off eBay or oh, off eBay, yeah, for nice. su- super cheap. Uh before the uh before the lid blew off and everyone found out that the card on the back was a rookie card apparently. Wow. So yeah. Just good awesome. just kind of just like the Owen Hart uh when uh remember I remember uh I actually were I think you were uh 
you're offshore when this happened. So with the uh, with the Owen Hart, uh, what do you call it? What the heck? What's the heck? What the heck's the show? I'm slipping my mind. Dark, Dark side, side of the, of the ring. ring. Dark side of the ring. Yeah. When that before that appeared, I was like, eBay's gonna blow up. Yeah. Once that once that episode yeah. shows, like his figures that are like twenty dollars, I'm gonna be like two to three hundred dollars the next day. So like I, I made it a point to like just go in there and get as many as I could. Um, sure enough, after that episode aired, they just yeah. skyrocketed. Every every single Owen Hart figure just like blew up. Like anything that was twenty dollars was like three hundred dollars or five hundred dollars. So what Owen Hart figure did you grab? Um, got a couple. I got like the the two pack of him and uh, Triple H, uh, and the two pack of him and The Rock. Uh, blue, blue. I had the blue blazer already. Yeah, um, I need. I, I feel like I need that blue blazer uh, Jax figure. That was really Owen's see, last. Figure see now that's going to be see the, where that was. That was like that was the cheapest of, of all of them. Like that was like worth nothing. And that's after crazy. That that's aired, a really just, really good figure too. Yeah, it just Such like a I shitty know, gimmick though. I don't think it's true. I, I don't know. I don't think the blue blazer was a shitty gimmick. I thought the blue blazer was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's got a ton of like morbidity that goes with it, just because. Yeah. You know, we all know what happened. We don't think we need to go into detail, but yeah. I kind of yeah. like the the blue, as far as comedy act goes. Yeah, I thought the Blue Blazer character was was pretty fun. I I want to get no that reason one. for Owen to ever be playing a comedy act like that, though. Well, you got to remember well, he was the Blue Blazer before yeah. he was ever Owen Hart in WWE, so that was a throwback to his original gimmick. Yeah, but it was just like it was the laziest booking of somebody who had so much potential. Like it was like, eh, well, he's not with the Hart Foundation anymore. Let's just throw him back into being the Blue Blazer. Like, why not? Yeah, so why not come he, up with something have, original? Uh, yeah, if you watch in your house, Degeneration X uh, from December nineteen ninety seven, the show ends with Owen Hart coming out and beating the shit out of Shawn Michaels, and the crowd is just going insane. So yeah. I I don't know why they pivoted away from having him have a little bit of a main event feud with Shawn before he dropped the belt to Austin. They they kind of st- stuck Owen um, fighting with Triple H for the European Championship. So they definitely missed the boat on that one. I agree with you there, Sheen, that Owen Hart could have been a main eventer mm-hmm. if they wanted him to after Brett left. But yeah. I really want to get that blue blazer bone crunching, uh, bone crunching action figure. And then the two pack with him and Brett, you know, Brett's in the all pink mm-hmm. and, and Owen. I, I would love to have that MOC as well. Cause, uh, I remember getting those figures as a kid and, and obviously, you know, Brett's my all time favorite and Owen will always have a very special place in my heart. So yeah, that's a good call, Marco. Yeah. We, we never really discussed, we haven't had like a deep dive on Owen figures on here. So thanks yeah. for bringing that up. Yeah. The other, the, yeah, the only other thing too is just to like hop back on the blue blazer thing too, is like, if you ever seen any interviews with like, with anybody that talks about Owen Hart, that was pretty much his personality. Like he was like a, like a he fun is a guy. jokester, he, he, like, yeah. He's a jokester. He would use to prank everyone and all this stuff. So like, yeah, he's a class bra- clown for sure. Yeah, when and they did the, the blue blazer that, uh, gimmick. Yeah, the other thing that made his death so tragic is that you know Owen, he was already had his eye on life after wrestling. Like he was only planning on working another couple of years. He already had enough money socked away that he was going to be comfortable. He was going to go and just get a job being a firefighter there in Calgary. Um, yeah. And yeah, like like you said, Marco, I think he had I think he had fun just doing the comedy gimmick, even though the us as fans, we know that he could have been a main eventer either as oh, a yeah. face or a heel. Yeah. I think he was totally content to, uh, you know, just work this comedy thing and just be an entertaining part of the mid card. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like, I mean, obviously, I, I love the warrior and stuff like that. But like the, the other stories of too, like he was like Owen would be like the only person to like actually like befriend uh the ultimate warrior yeah uh, we're we, there during that time yeah we know brett uh, during, didn't like it <laughs> yeah no so like 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 that's how like 
good of a person Owen Hart was that he would he yeah. seen the good in 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 uh in Warrior, which everyone seen like the bad yeah. in Warrior. And he he actually like took him in as a friend and they they would hang out and talk and stuff like that. So like I mean not to bring this, you know, show on a on a on a sour note, but but yeah, no, he. Uh, I don't think it's a sour note. Nah. It's, I mean, obviously, it's always going to be sad anytime you talk about Owen, just because. Yeah. You know, his life was just, just cut uh, short, unbelievably so tragic. tragic. No matter yeah. how you talk about it, yeah. Yeah, but it's and, all uh, love, you know. We love mm-hmm. Owen Hart. Yeah, no, like I said, definitely. I I was like, I knew that that was going to happen. Like people were going to take advantage of that Dark Side of the Ring episode and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, you know, and it did. His 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 uh, Hasbro went up crazy. Um, his Jax figures went up insanely. So, but yeah, so, but, um, that's pretty much it on my end for, uh, so for me, I had, I had a really well-rounded, um, weekly purchases. So there's four lines that we col- are actively collecting right now. It's WWE Mattel, which is the, their elite 10 basics, obviously. Um, then the Motu line, we're collecting Hasbro's and also pop Funko's and I had one of each. So, um, I'll kind of go from, uh, you know, the, the most low key to the best. So we added the Roddy Piper Motu. Shout out to Scott Ignatowski from the the uh, Foley Fan Facebook group. He hooked us up with that. He he grabbed that off the pegs for me and shipped it over. Really really cool figure. I'm loving having these Motus. Um, you guys know we're loose collectors. I got like ten Motus upstairs right now that are MOC. So I can't wait till we get a chance to do Unboxing Mania and unbox these things because they're so much fun to kind of play around with. We grabbed the uh, Eddie Guerrero Funko Pop. Very, very cool figure. Comes with a WrestleMania 20 pin. Always happy to add new Funkos to the collection. Marco, do you got that one? He's gone. All right, I've stunned Which Marco into it? silence. The Eddie Guerrero Funko Pop? I do not know. Yeah, it's GameStop exclusive, so it should be showing up at GameStops here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, really, really cool pop. Um, we also grabbed the uh, the fan takeover, Johnny Gargano. I'm still a little bit skeptical that something's going to go down with these figures. That delay just seems a little shady to me, and I feel like these things may end up kind of just going up in smoke, especially considering that Christian is no longer with WWE. So I was able to grab a Johnny Gargano for a good price off eBay. Um, I am debating. I've seen a couple people. I think it's Mac decals on Instagram. He's selling the Wolverine decal, like the actual like claw slashes you can add to the vest. It looks really, really good. So I may do that to kind of just finish off that figure and make it perfect. But either way, the figure looks awesome. And then last but not least, uh, you know, I've only had them for about a week. I actually never had these as a kid. These were two of the only Hasbros that I'd never had in my collection as, as a youngster. And it's so awesome having them. They're already like skyrocketing up the, you know, power rankings of my favorite figures in my collection. We grabbed a super minty set of Legion of Doom Hasbros. And these things are incredible. Shane, what'd you think when we pulled those out of the box? Oh, they're beautiful, man. I, I like, you know, just heard, Oh, what a rush, you know, I was just, you know, <laughs> it was awesome. They're, I mean, to find them with all the spikes still intact yes, and like no paint and all the things like it, it was they were beautiful and they were packed up nicely. So whoever sent those to us, uh, you know, good, good for you for packing job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're awesome. You know, our son, Brett, he, as soon as we pulled him out of the box, he's like, you know, who is that? You who know, is that him? That's what he says. Who yeah. is that him? <laughs> yeah, they immediately grabbed his attention. Um, really, really cool figures. And and like I said, after all this, it's the first time I've ever actually owned them. I found all the other Hasbro tag teams, you know, the Rockers, yeah. Bushwhackers, Nasty Boys, but I never had the Legion of Doom as a kid. So it's awesome to finally, um, you know, grab that missing piece yeah, of the collection. I, I got a I got a package, a care package from one of our Instagram friends 
friends and um, one of our Insta artists that we love, um, Illustrations by Rich on Instagram, sent me a care package. And oh my gosh, it was like loaded to the gills with like goodness. Um, so it was like all these different prints. And I'm going to find a way because there was some duplicates and stuff in there. He kind of just sent some extras and stuff. So, the, um, you know, for the Foley fam, I'm going to do a giveaway and, you know, go through there and see what I can give away to you guys because uh, it was just awesome. So if you haven't checked out Illustrations by Rich on Instagram, he has some awesome, awesome artwork, uh, you know, all wrestling and it's just good stuff. What's so, the, what's the handle on IG Sheen? Let me find the official handle. I, I think it's just at illustrations by rich. I think that's exactly what word. it is. Yeah. Um, let me make sure I get it right so I can. Yeah, this looks it. awesome. And while Sheena's looking that up, seriously, like invest in some some art. It really brings your room to life. And, you know, it, it really makes it like a full display instead of just a bunch of figures just standing up. You know, having that artwork fills it out and it just adds a little touch of class to it. Yeah, it's illustration. So just like singular, not illustrations. So illustration by Rich um, on Instagram. He calls himself the pile driver Picasso. So yeah, he's uh, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll throw a link to his profile in the show notes so you guys can access it that way, along with all the rest of the our uh, advertising partners that you've heard us mention throughout the show. So check out the show notes. We'll put a direct link in there to illustration by Rich and and like I said, treat yourself to some really really cool artwork. Yeah, um, and I'll be posting pictures. Display. Yeah, I'll be posting pictures of the Instagram on the Instagram of uh, what he sent over to us, so you guys can see. But um, also earlier, remember when Marco, when you were asking me like why everything, why it went silent? Yeah. Um. So right as you were talking, I got this notification. Um. Earlier today, we weren't even going to mention it on the show, but earlier today we saw, um, Mickey James had posted on all of her social media outlets that she had received. You know, she got fired. Um. She was part of the you know Black Thursday layoffs last week and she just received all of her stuff from WWE like all of her belongings and they were in a trash bag like a trash bag like a you know just a black bin bag with uh you know a piece of tape on it that just said Mickey you know and it was thrown in a box and she posted it on Instagram you know it was just like oh thanks WWE like you know really appreciate the the support and whatnot so it was just a huge amount of you know uh timely backlash uh for for that post and it uh triple h came on and said you know oh we're so sorry we're so embarrassed blah 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 um you know who the person i got a hot take here i would say that some of those like bell-bottom pants that she was rocking for a ringer they belonged in a trash bag (laughs) oh my my gosh first of all (laughs) that's rude so rude yeah um but anyway um i i get what you're going for but yeah no they threw all of her shit in a trash bag i would i would be pissed i mean especially like they just fire you can you imagine like your boss just sending you your your like belongings, like just scraping your desk into a box, into a trash bag and just sending you all of your stuff. Like, of course, I don't know what's in there. I don't know. Anyway, that's beside the point. He came on and said that, you know, they had fired the person who did it. I just assumed it was an intern of some sort and there was going to be some sacrificial lamb, some intern that like boxed up Mickey James's stuff. Well, I just got a notification that it was actually Mark Carano. If you guys know Mark Carano, he's like the senior director of talent relations and he's worked for WWE for like freaking forever. I just really remember seeing him on Total Divas. I've never really known him much outside of just being one of the characters on backstage on Total Divas. No, he's like talent relations. He's like, you know, he kind of he kind of gets the, you know, the the bad guy moniker because he's like the guy who always has to like let people go or give people bad news or if people have like, you know, um, PR infractions like he brings him into the office and like tells him what he does wrong you know so he's kind of like the you know the grim reaper for WWE anyway um but yeah the fact that they canned him like it was a big name it wasn't just like some some intern so yeah Mark Carano and from what I was reading 
while we were going through the the go figure segment, um, you know, apparently there's been some ruffled feathers between him and WWE anyway. Um, Cause I guess they brought in John, Johnny Ace to kind of like do Mark Carano's job as of recently, they've kind of been splitting the position. So, um, you know, they already had Johnny Ace in place to kind of take that role on. So yeah, Mark Carano is no longer with WWE. So he was the one, he was the one who trash bagged all of Mickey James's belongings. So yeah, just wanted to break that in there because I was like, I got that notification and I was like, wow, because the whole time I was just assuming it was going to be some no name, you know, WWE, you know, intern. Pretty wild. Um, I, I don't know. I am kind of like, I don't really think it's that big a deal. I mean, at the end of the day, you got fired. Like, what does it really matter if your stuff was in a trash bag or a suitcase? I feel like the trash bag is almost, uh, you know, easy. I mean, what else was he supposed to do? Just throw it in a throw it in a box without the trash bag? I feel like the trash bag is just an extra layer of protection. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it was. I mean, if it was like her gear and stuff that like, I didn't, why wasn't she able to go to the facility to like pick up her stuff? I don't know what the logistics of it all was. Um, and apparently that's not the first time it's happened. Apparently that's like, you know, just something that they do. But yeah, if I received my stuff in a trash bag, I'd be a little bit hurt too, especially if you had just gotten fired. I feel like your feelings are already, your emotions are already at it. So you think you know, it'd be better if it was just in a box? Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think, it would be. I, mean, I think it would be better yeah. if it was all just in a box. Yeah. I think I would I would feel a little bit better than if they had just like like scraped it all into a trash bag and just, you know, so for me to sort through it. I just feel like that. I feel like the trash bag adds a little insult to injury. And I get what you're saying. Like, what's the big difference? You know, a bag or a box or whatever. I think just the the optics of it all, like looking at it and just look you know, opening a box full of a trap with a trash bag inside full of all of your stuff from a place that you've dedicated years of your life to. And you yeah, know- you're right. Ideally they could have like individually like package the stuff up or like, you know, just laid it out thoughtfully or something, yeah. throw a note in there, but just, it I, up anything, yeah, you know, I get like, it. Open up a box and it's just a trash bag. It's just very, very impersonal. Yeah. And maybe, and, yeah, it could it's be. It's not a like bit she's symbolic. like some like NXT tryout. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's a legend. She's a legend. Yeah, and I just feel like they like scraped all of her shit into a trash bag and sent it to her. And that's just to me like, and you know me, I don't even get offended by stuff like this. I'm not like you know the the cancel police or anything. But I thought I thought it was a little bit disrespectful and distasteful to just like send her a trash bag with a piece of masking tape on it that said Mickey. You know. Yeah. Well, hey, heads rolled for it. Yeah. So. <laughs> bye, bye, Mark Carano. True. Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's time for How Many Chicks. How Many Chicks is a segment where I, the heel husband, pick out one of our 1,000 plus wrestling figures from our collection and present it to Sheena live on the air for an instant rating and review. How Many Chicks is brought to you by our friends at Homage. Homage specializes in bringing vintage-inspired designs on the absolute softest tees in the biz because with Homage, comfort is always part of the game plan. You can visit Homage's online shop at homage.com and find all their latest designs on social media at Homage. That's H-O-M-A-G-E. 
And reminder, use code FOLEY20, F-O-L-E-Y-2-0 at homage to save 20% on your purchases. Uh, so we've been running How Many Chicks a few weeks now, so I think you guys have pretty much got the gist of it. Uh, we'll get into it with the figure that's going to get a live review this week. Sheena, you ready to unveil it? Let's it's sitting go. on the Undertaker's. Uh, it's in the Undertaker's casket right now. It's sitting in front of Sheena. She has no idea what figure we're about to review. I'll hit the drum roll. I always forget which side this casket opens on. I feel like I opened it. I've opened it like two weeks in a row now, and I still forget. Um, but I just got it open, and we have uh, the the legend. Future Hall of Famer <laughs> appear, uh. <laughs> appears on Legends Night. Um, Alicia Alicia Fox uh, here with all of her like furry fox head glory. Uh, yeah, this is Basic Twenty One Alicia Fox. It's her first figure. This was back from the era when Basics were still. This is. Um, I was gonna say. I thought that, that for a moment I was like, this looks like an elite. But yeah, it's, yeah, that it, one especially could could pass for an elite. So yeah, Google Basic Twenty One Alicia Fox if you guys haven't seen this figure. Um, Really, really cool figure. And this was when the, the women's figures had all the same articulation as the elites. This one actually has a really unique accessory. It's got the full like fox, like scarf, like hood type thing. Um, and it's just a cool figure. Do you remember where, where uh, you got that figure at, Sheen? I do not remember where I picked this up. So you at. actually scored that one for us. Um, I, I can't remember who you bought it from, but you basically put together a deal where you grabbed that figure um, AJ Styles first time uh, his first figure his first elite and the network spotlight Finn Balor with the uh, the chainsaw and everything you grabbed those three for us um, off IG I remember they just showed up in the mail while we were living in Hawaii and I was <laughs> what, like Hell what yeah, year what year sport. did we even get this figure I don't even this remember. was 2017 wow um, yeah Marco do you have any Alicia Fox figures in your collection I do not at all not even the uh the recent Survivor Series one. Yeah, so she um, had the she had the figure <clears throat> Sheena's got now. That was her first figure. With oh the, yeah, uh, the, the Survivor Series has like the hat and stuff, right? Like yeah, the, she had um, her. She has one elite that came out in the Survivor Series set with like the the fruit hat or whatever. Yeah. Um, she had another basic that's similar to that one with black, uh, you know, black gear, and then she had a basic in blue gear, and she had a basic from when she was rolling with the Bellas when she was the third member of Team Bella back when. They were going hard with the factions. You know, they had BAD with uh, Naomi, um, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. And then they had, uh, what was it, PCB with Paige, Charlotte, and Becky back during that era. Yeah, Alicia Fox got a figure from that also. Um, This this is a really cool figure. Like I said, check it out. It's got the the fox head sculpt in it, or the fox like hood and scarf. Very, very neat. Um, Sheena, what's your thoughts on this figure as you're looking at it? Well, you were, you were pretty much describing it. I was like, I thought this was my gimmick to describe to describe <laughs> the figure. Uh, but yeah, it's got these like chains coming down from the from the gear. So it's like again, this looks like an elite figure. Like if this was packaged up in elite packaging, you would it would totally pass as as an elite. She's got the red hair, the fox um, hood. I don't even know what else you would call this. The fox hood, and then she's got this skirt that's like fringy um, with like little rivets and stuff on it. Marco, I can hear you breathing. Are you okay over there? Oh yeah, no, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought Marco was having some type of respiratory, <laughs> respiratory distress. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but now I'm kind of scared because you. I, I think this is a really awesome figure as far as like just being like a really cool Alicia Alicia Fox figure. But you guys really like you know uh, ragged on me last week for giving Dana Brooke too much too much credit. So. 
Um, how many chicks? I'm going to temper my, my, uh, chick scale today. I'm going to say, I, yeah, we got to reestablish the scale. So what you gave Dana Brooke, what? 3.7 or something. No, it wasn't 3.7. I think maybe it was three and a half. Um, I'm going to say this Alicia Fox figure and the face looks really good too. The details are really great. Oh man, I'm a softie. I think I'm going to give this figure a, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Does that make it? Is that better for you guys? Oh, no. how, wow. how is it? How is it? How do you go from? It was three point seven. You gave that Dana Brooke. How do you go yeah. from three point seven on Dana Brooks' figure to a two point zero on this one? When this figure, or, or are you just trying you, to reestablish? I'm trying to reestablish. I'm trying to reestablish the the whole the whole freaking. Um, so you got to remember. So we're on a five point scale. We're going to zero point zero to five point zero. All right. So that means that a 2.5 is a perfectly average figure. I would say this Alicia Fox figure by itself is way above average. Or not way above average, but it's an above average figure. But then it gets bonus points because it's a first time what? in the line. I, and I, that's it is, exactly what I said about the, the Dana Brooke figure. And you guys bragged on me for it. I yeah, was like, it's the first so, time in line. The face sculpt looks good. It was back when the basics still had elite articulation. These are all of the points that I made for the Dana Brooke figure. And you guys are going to sit here and say that this, like you guys were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, this yeah, is way think, over, like think, way over. Yeah, we said that Dana Brooke deserved like a 2.6, like, you know, yeah. a hair above average for the Dana Brooke. Whereas, and like I said, this figure is way better. So what are you, so what do you, below. what would you give this figure? If for me, I would give this Alicia Fox figure like a three point two. Oh my god! So, so you're gonna say so? This is a three point two. So then, what what is like a defining moments Bret Hart? Then like the defining moments Bret Hart, I would say is a four point nine. The only reason it's not a five point zero is because the flag is paper, paper and not cloth. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, but. Okay, you guys. You guys are you guys are holding me to a different standard every week. I was going to score this higher, but you guys made me feel like such a bag of well, asshole no, no. last so week. I think for we, we could reset the scale. Let's let's throw out what's come before. Just you know, two point five is perfectly average. Two point five is perfectly average figure. That's the middle of the road. So let's get rid of Dana Brooke. We'll we'll throw out your three point seven you gave on Dana Brooke. We'll start fresh from now. So do you think this Alicia Fox figure is above or below average as far as Mattel's it's, overall it's line above, goes? It's above average. I really like this figure. I was telling you guys, I really like this figure. Okay, and I was giving so it all the props for being uh, like. I already I, said I would give it a 3.2. What, what do you give it? I'm going to give it. I, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a. Th- three. Okay. I think a three is is fair. What's um, what's holding it back from going any higher? I don't know because you guys got me all you got me you you, you all the pressure you guys put me <laughs> under. That's what that's what it is. I think yeah, I think we just kind of yeah. need to hit the. Maybe we could all three just start giving them the chick ratings and stuff. So that way we all got our own scale. I give it a three point two. Like I said, it's I it's it's around a three, but I give it a little bit of bonus for being a first time in the line. That's always special. It's the first time in and line. They captured the women's face sculpt again, which is very difficult, especially in those early days. Like they they all the face sculpts kind of looked the same. So this yeah. actually looks like Alicia Fox again. It's got yeah. all individual like sculpting and paint. It's got a unique accessory. Very a very unique accessory. The ring gear isn't just painted on. Like you know, with the women's figures, typically you just it's, it's literally got a top. She's she's wearing a sculpted on rubber top whereas most of the women's basic figures have painted like ring gear on their yeah. chest you know what i mean like this right. is an actual piece of ring gear that she's wearing i don't think it it doesn't come off but it's got like little ties and stuff in the back and then she's got the skirt on which is like it also an individual it's not just painted on like it's she's ha- literally has on a piece of rubber 
plastic around her waist as a skirt. So I think this is just a really good figure. And you guys pressured me into making me think I was going to skip rate these figures way too high. And I think this, I think this figure deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. The only reason that I don't go any higher than 3.2 is I, I feel like the attire is a little bit plain. It's just black and silver. You know, I I like a little bit of color on my figures, but I also give it bonus points because even with the elite, I think this, I think that is the best Alicia Fox figure that Mattel has done. I I think this, I think this is better than the Chiquita banana. Like Alicia Fox, for sure. sure. (laughs) So I give it a 3.2. Sheena gave it a 3.0. Marco, what do you give this figure? Um, I I was going to give it a 3, actually, as well. Um, For the same reason as first time in line. Um, It does look exactly pretty much like the... The picture on the on the packaging as well. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking at it um, with the with the fox headrest and all that stuff. And um, I give it a, a a few more points for the. Um, obviously, it's a plain color. It's black and silver, but there is a little bit more detail. Yeah, it's, in the, it's uh, in the skirt sculpted and stuff like out. That. Yeah, yeah. All the, the the like it looks like the chains and stuff like that hanging down. Mm-hmm. It's all indi- like that, all yeah. individually made specifically for yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. You could probably go. You could probably rate it a little bit higher. If you wanted to, maybe even like a, almost like a, close to a four. But then it gets to like, like I said, what do you, what do you do when you get to like, you know, defining moments, Hulk Hogan, defining moments, Brett, like those figures that are actually like in the upper echelon of like best figures of all time. Then it's like, well, is this, is this in that same realm with that? Like, and what makes those better? Is it because they're such more iconic moments? Like we, like we look at that defining moments, Brett and that defining moments, Hulk Hogan, those really capture a moment in time. Whereas this Alicia Fox, it's cool, but that moment with her wearing the Fox hood and all those kind of things, like those don't resonate with me per se. Right. So I don't have emotional attachment to this figure as far as that's concerned, but you know, my rating is strictly just for how awesome this figure is. I mean, for, I mean, for, Number per, for visibility or number per, purposes, you could probably just go like, you know, make it like a two point nine five if you want to, and then like you know round. We could really get you, to yeah. the, the dirty, the dirty <laughs> decimals. Yeah, you know, two point nine, maybe two point nine five. I'll just just to be safe side because you actually brought you guys. You both brought that argument up of what do you, what do you do when you bring up the uh, you know the more elite, yeah, no pun intended, elite figures in that sense. But yeah, we'll go. I'll go two point nine five. All right. For this figure. So we will um we will make this figure the new baseline for how many chicks. I'm gonna set up an Excel spreadsheet because you guys know that's what I do. And we'll start uh we'll start keeping track of these scores for, for all three of us. because uh, this is the first time we've all three graded the figure. So we'll start keeping track each week and uh, you know, we can uh keep up with the all time high score for how many chicks. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. (laughs) 
retro wrestling recommendation of the week is where myself, the heel husband, Chick Foley, and Marco, the MVP, give you guys a recommendation from a match or event from years gone by to get you through the weekend. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Chalkline. Chalkline specializes in bringing you the absolute best in retro-inspired fan wear. They can be found on Instagram at ChalklineOfficial or at Chalk-Line.com. All right, we are going to kick off this Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week as we do every Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week by doing our Chalkline check-in where we, or I guess myself, I asked the heel husband which of his 60 pair of Chalkline shorts he is wearing for tonight's episode. So, heel husband, what you rocking over there? So, I uh, I classed it up a little bit this week. I busted out the premium shorts. I'm rocking the Undertaker Ooh, yes. and Kane Venice shorts. So, there you go. these were, uh, you know... Chalkline debuted these a couple months back. These are the ones that are a step above their standard shorts. These are basically using the same type of mesh and construction that are used in NBA game shorts. They got sewn on patches of the Undertaker. The patches are so good. Yeah, and they are, uh, it's really, really cool. So they got like a different type of waistband. Um, I love them. They're they're super comfy. And and yeah, like I said, these things are nice. So definitely jump on it anytime uh, you see a, a Venice shorts drop coming up for Chalkline. Um, for Sheena, we're gonna let you go first this week because me and Marco kind of pick stuff in the similar vein. You're uh, you kind of doing your own thing this week, so yeah. give us your your retro pick. So, um, you know, as a kind of you know congratulatory pick for our, our girl Rhonda, I wanted to make my retro wrestling recommendation her debut match in WWE when she did a mixed tag match at WrestleMania 34. It was her and Kurt Angle against uh, Steph and Triple H. Such a fun match. Such a fun match. And she really, you know, kind of came out and showed what she was capable of. You know, I think we were all kind of like, oh God, what's this going to be like, you know? Yep. Um, and uh, she showed that she she could go in the ring. So yeah, it is a super fun match. Um, fun fact, at WrestleMania 31, when she actually made her first like WWE debut when she got up there with The Rock, um, and you know, and he kind of said, you know, I would never smack a woman, but I have a good friend who would love to. And Rhonda came in the ring. She walked right in front of us when we were at WrestleMania 31. I mean, she like oh, walked. Wow. Yeah, we were like, oh my god, that is Rhonda freaking Rousey. <laughs> of course, you know, that was before she started getting her ass kicked in, you know, um, in UFC. But so she was still like, you know, the badass phenom. And then, uh, yeah, we were just like starstruck to see Rhonda Rousey just walk like right in front. And she's like wow. really beautiful. Like when you see her in person. I mean, she's pretty when you see her, you know, in, on, on TV and stuff. But when you see her in person, I'm just like, wow, she's so pretty. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. So that's my retro wrestling recommendation for this week. What about you guys? I stuck with uh, the Backlash theme since that's our next big show. I, you know, we watched Backlash 2018 a couple of days ago. And the big match on that was Seth Rollins and Miz. as the opening match of the show. Seth had just won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 34. And I think it's the best Miz match ever. You know, I've, I'm a, I'm a vocal, um, you know, detractor of the Miz on here. He's not super entertaining to me, but he, he really showed out in this match with Seth. They go about 20 minutes. It's the first match of the show, fighting for the Intercontinental Championship. And it's just a really good match. This is also a cool show to kind of... Uh, it's a little bit of a slog, so I don't know if I could. I can't really give it the heel husband stamp of approval to watch the almost four hours of it. But it's cool to fast forward and just kind of take a look at where some of these people are. Um, you know, for instance, the main event of the show is Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe, and obviously, uh, you know, we know Samoa Joe is not even with the company anymore. So it's just crazy how much can change in three years time. So backlash 2018, and specifically the Seth Rollins and Miz Intercontinental Championship match for me. Awesome. 
What about you, yeah, Marco? I'm gonna jump into yeah. I'm gonna jump into uh jump into my way back machine and uh, go back to uh, April 25th of 1999 mm. uh, and uh, head into one of the one of the backlash uh, pay per view event, uh, which was headlined by uh, basically the rematch of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, versus The Rock, um, which uh, Stone Cold actually thought this was match was a better one than they had at that WrestleMania, which is kind of funny. Um, he thought I actually it was slightly agree. Better. I didn't. I don't love yeah. the WrestleMania 15 Rock and Austin match. Yeah. Yeah, he he actually said that too. So he said this. It was a no holds barred match, and obviously it's it's you know the height of the you know Austin McMahon feud. So you know Shane and Vince McMahon are. I think I think Shane was a uh, special guest refer- referee, and uh, Vince McMahon you know made his way to made his way to ringside and stuff like that. So all those shenanigans happened. And this is actually the match where uh, you get to uh, the the Rock takes control of the uh, one of the cameras. Awesome. And, uh, you know, Austin, Austin gives him the finger, the double bird, and, you know, gives him the stunner while he's holding the holding uh, one of the WWF production cameras. Yeah, Sheena posted time, that so. clip uh, yeah. maybe like six weeks or so ago. Yeah, on, so uh, this, this is IG. actually the, yeah, this is the, actually the match that happened. The card isn't that bad if you're definitely an Attitude Era aficionado. Um, you have the, uh, which I'm always, I, I always, my go-to matches for any of these Al Snow and Hardcore Holly in a hardcore match. I mean, I think they had that they didn't headline, but they had a lot of these matches um, together, and they're always entertaining to me for some reason. I don't know why. I always like if I'm watching like an old Attitude Hour, and I know uh, Al Snow and Hardcore Holly are in a match for the Hardcore Championship. I'm always like focused on that match more than anything for some reason. Yeah. Don't know why, because I mean it's. They're, they're just they're just magic together, both of those guys. Yeah, um, they were good. And I'm actually like hyping this match up more than the uh, the Stone Cold and the Rock <laughs> match. Yeah, I think but, you uh, uh, I think you may have had a typo when you sent over the notes for uh, your a- retro pick this week. <laughs> it's actually really good, and I think I've kind of like a I have a spot, soft spot. They're like kind of like my unsung heroes of the uh, Attitude Era, anyway. Uh, Hardcore Holly and Al Snow, but um, but yeah, I mean, you had go uh, Gold Dust and Godfather had a match. I believe uh, the New Age Outlaws face Jeff Hart, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart too. Um, Sounds uh, like they kind of watch the whole show. show. Yeah, no, the any pretty much any Attitude Era and pay per view you'd probably want to watch because there was some pretty uh, good matches. Um, it, this is where uh, I think Degeneration X is kind of like broken up too. So Triple H faced uh, X Pac as well. Um, obviously, that match was twenty minutes long because Triple H must go twenty minutes. Nothing short short yeah. of that. Yeah, and this was <laughs> one of all. the this was one of the last shows before Triple H really ascended to the main event level. Yeah, um, yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, because it was what April, and you know he kind of took SummerSlam. Like, he's fighting for the world championship. Yeah, so yeah, he he so he kind of like cemented himself as one of the superstars um, of the future there. But uh, yeah, Undertaker versus uh, Ken Shamrock was the co-main event matchup. of that, and it was eighteen minutes actually. I'm actually looking it up now. So this is Ministry oh. Undertaker too. This one, the Ministry of Darkness, is really gathering steam. Yeah, yep. And uh, the Ministry actually faced the Brood uh, earlier that night. So yeah, no, definitely go back and watch the whole card. But uh, definitely watch the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Rock because obviously they're always magic together when they're in the ring. All right, let's hit some listener mail. All 
right, guys. So we have some listener mail for you guys. Our first question comes in from Zach Hertzler. This is a question after my own heart. He says, what are some of your favorite shows from Nickelodeon? For me, it has and always will be Salute Your Shorts and Are You Afraid of the Dark? They're classic and ones I will remember growing uh, ones I will remember most growing up and watching when I could. I also enjoyed Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um Man, were you guys Nickelodeon oh, kids? I, I, yeah. yeah, I did both. I went back and forth to Nickelodeon and Disney. I think there was a lot of good stuff to be found on both. For Nickelodeon, um, one show I always just really, really loved. It was so quirky. Um, I'd love to go back and watch it and see if it still connects because I, I think I have the feeling that it would still hold up watching it as an adult was The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yes, with Mr. Swirly. Or is it Mr. Swirly yep. or Mr. Tasty? Yeah, you had, Mr. you had Mr. Swirly. You had Arnie, the world's strongest man. Yes. Like it was just, it was that kind of quirky, offbeat kind of humor that, yep. you know, still kind of goes right to my funny bone as an adult. And I, I just think it was a really cool, you know, I have not seen that show. It's for whatever reason, it's kind of fallen out of consciousness. I don't, yeah. I, I hardly ever see it get mentioned. Um, but I feel like it would still hold up watching it nowadays. Cause it was, it was mature humor. You know I mean? It was still a yeah. kid's yeah. show, but it was, you know, it, it was like a slightly more sophisticated sense of humor. Yeah, that it Pete was and Pete were to. very witty and very just like had, had like dry humor. And I love the, like the brother dynamic. And, you know, I just, I think I love Pete and Pete as well. Yeah. Oh man. What about you, Marco? Oh man, probably gonna date myself with these ones, but uh, <laughs> um, you had some, uh, you had wild and crazy kids, wild and crazy oh, yeah. kids, I yeah. I love that one. I love Hey Dude. Hey Dude, hey Dude is was awesome. awesome. Um, also, I mean, not, I mean, Red and Stippy. I love the uh, original Red and Stippy series. Um, uh, what do you call it? Clarissa explains it all. Clarissa was show. so good. I love that. Was like my Clarissa. that was like my first crush. Every, ever everything was, you uh, named so far, I would I would sit down and watch an episode of it as soon as we get done recording. Man, you're, oh yeah, you're on fire right now. Yeah, Clarissa yeah, um, is so good. I remember her room. Um, I just thought it was like yeah. the, the best. For, I was like, man, I want my room to look like Clarissa's room. You know, yeah, the yeah the creepy kid that used to crawl. I forget his name. The her next door neighbor. Yeah, Sam. They used to yeah, crawl. Sam. Through he had the, he just like put like the ladder up and like come in or went like. Bedroom yeah. window, yeah. All willy nilly, like <laughs> yeah. nothing was wrong with that at all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Innocence. that and um, Innocence. Um, uh, what was the other one? That was another one. Uh, oh, you can't do that on television. Was another one that was good. You, wow. Yeah, we didn't was, even mention uh, the all time classic uh, Family Double Dare. You know, I started oh, yeah. thinking about Family Double said, Dare. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Who would have thought Mark yeah. Summers? Uh, you know, somebody who has like extreme OCD, like diagnosed OCD, would be on a show like Double Dare with like all all of the you know, <laughs> and he's and he's like and he's a germaphobe too. Yeah, so like all of the you know slime and all of the things. Um, I just remember as a kid thinking that like winning because there was they, they gave away a million opportunities when I was a kid to like get a tour of Nickelodeon Studios. And I just remember like thinking that would be like the best day of my entire life. Like I would. It like, didn't hold up, man. I went to Universal Studios as like a 10 year old when I'm like, excuse me, we got Fast and the Furious Part 9 going on outside the window right now. So I don't yeah. know. If I, I don't know what that was. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear that? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Dominic, Dominic Toretto just going down Chesapeake Boulevard if anybody's looking for an autograph. Um, uh, but I actually toured. Yeah. So I was right there with you. I, I would always see that it'd be like the closing scene on the live action shows. They yeah, would show like, like, you know, filmed the at Nickelodeon studios and it would look insane. I went to universal studios as I think I was either 10 or 11. My grandparents, uh, took me and 
Yeah, it it didn't hold up. Nickelodeon Studios didn't. It it, it was not what it looked like on TV. So that was definitely one of the more disappointing uh, moments of my childhood. But but yeah, the Nick shows were were just so incredible. You know, a, along the same lines with you can't do that on television. There was a, its successor. Uh, what would you do? You guys remember that what, one? Well, what, Another, well, well, uh, what would you do? What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Another Mark Summer show. You had yeah. guts. Guts was awesome. Yeah, one up the aggro crag. Yeah. Yep. Then you had global guts with like kids from all over the world where it was like, you know, it was like the Olympics of guts. Yeah. You had all that, which is basically like Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And of course he mentioned Salute Your Shorts, but I loved, you know, Camp on Awana. Like that just was like, seemed like it would like be a place that I could totally jive with. Yeah. Bud Nick and Donkey Lips. Yeah. I love, (laughs) and of course I love all of the Nicktoons. Like there, you can't go wrong with Hey Arnold or Rugrats or Rocket Power all, all of those are just cat dog, cat animals. dog. Yeah, I love yeah. I love all the Nicktoons. And of course, I was a latchkey kid growing up. So like I would come home and just like put on Nickelodeon, you know, after getting off the school bus and just watch, you know, all these shows on end, you know, while eating my copious amounts of snacks. <laughs> so <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I have a soft spot for all for all Nickelodeon programming. I was definitely, you know, on the scale of Disney to Nickelodeon. I was a hardcore Nickelodeon fan. Every once in a while I would watch Disney Channel, but you, you would always find me parked in front of Are You Afraid of the Dark or, you know, a, a series or a marathon of Nicktoons. So, yeah, it, it always felt like Disney was like stuff for the whole family that you could watch together. Yes. Whereas Nickelodeon was really tailored specifically for kids, man. Like 100%. kids are going to love this stuff, you know, like, yeah, I just, yeah. Have I, you guys I love seen Nick- the, uh, the Nickelodeon um, NFL games? Have you guys gotten to watch oh, any yeah. of those? I know yeah, you have, awesome. Seth, but have you gotten to see it, Marco, with like the how they nickelodeon the the NFL games? To make it like yeah. kid to make kids watch it, like it was really cool. Yeah, so actually, in the uh, if you play Madden, um, the new Madden game actually has the uh, yeah, you the can turn on the on Nick there. presentation, oh, yeah, that's you can turn cool. on the Nick presentation in the game and actually play it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's kind of it's kind of weird when you watch it at first, but yeah. Even more so than like all the graphical like overlays and interface they did. I just love the announcers, you know, explaining the stuff for the kids. And it would just seem it was way more fun. Like I would I would watch Nickelodeon presentation at NFL with the the standard stuff any day of the week. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was way more fun. Um, The next question is from Philip Dunnett. He says, is Seth going to open up a sweatshop and start bootlegging wrestling memorabilia? Uh, First of all, we only (laughs) employ fair trade, um, you know, well, well taken care of employees. So we don't, we don't um, condone any sort of sweatshop. Uh, But yeah, our, our Foley fam's t-shirt got banned by pro wrestling tea. So we're going to have to go to off market and figure out a way to uh, get this thing produced. So yeah, we're going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah we're going to put together, uh, you know, Perestin Tees has been a solid partner for us. Yeah. But I I do think it was a little bit hypocritical. They've been totally cool with us doing parodies of WWE designs for literally years at this point. You know, we've been with Perestin Tees for about three years and we try to drop something kind of poking fun at the Bullet Club. And uh, it's the first time ever that we've had a design get rejected. So, yeah, um, you know. We're going to bring it to market anyways. If you guys want the Foley fam, the Foley club shirts to happen, we're going to make it happen for you guys. Yeah. Um, so Mike Spear Jr. says, I'll try to squeeze in some self-promotion and ask you guys if you've ever gotten into any wrestling comics. Mick Foley wrote an awesome one called WWE Superstarts a few years ago. Boom Studios had a good run with WWE telling stories about what happened between matches and even Marvel put out a WCW comic early in the 90s. I'll pass this one to Seth because I know um, we had an insane Boom Studios collection. Yeah, so... Long. 
before I answer, I do want to do want to plug um, Mike's comic he's got coming out. He's got a Kickstarter right now. If you guys go to CWL Comic again, CWL Comic, so that's CWLCOMIC on Instagram, uh, you can link to his Kickstarter and pledge to fund it. It's basically his vision is to have a wrestling promotion that's booked and ran through a series of comics, um, which is a very a very very cool idea. Um, for those that didn't invest in Boom Studios. That was an incredible line. What they did was basically fill in the blanks. Like they imagined a WWE universe where it never broke kayfabe, which is obviously right up our alleys. Um, And it showed everything that would happen like between the shows, you know. So they were operating under the framework of what actually was going down in 2016 and 2017 WWE. Actually, it went back to 2015 also. It really started off with The Shield. That's kind of where the comic started. And they showed The Shield like, you know, cooking out after matches and stuff and everything that went into them breaking up, up to Seth cashing in. And it took it all the way up to around WrestleMania 35 time frame before they uh, they kind of pulled the plug because I guess the, the sales weren't that great. But yeah, the Boom Studios WWE collection was incredible. So I cannot recommend that strongly enough. You can still find most of those comics pretty cheap on the secondary market. And it's only 25 issues. So if you want something to uh, kind of bide some time while we're still on lockdown there in the few states that are still doing this, um, go out go out and grab, uh, you know, number one through 25 of Boom Studios WWE and give them a read. All right. I have a fun question uh, from Scott Agnikowski. He says... Um, Imagine it's a hot day. He's the designer of the uh, of the, the Foley, Foley Fam, the band Foley Fam shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's a hot day in the eighties or nineties, and the ice cream truck is coming down the street. What ice cream are you buying? I'm grabbing two screwballs. Um, screwballs, I think. I think those are the bubble gum, right? Yeah, Aren't they got a, the, they yeah. Got a, yeah, they have a gumball. Yeah, it's like them. a little slushy, icy thing with like gumballs in the bottom. And I was actually telling. Um, we commented on that below and I told Zach, I was like, you know, yeah, those things were good, but like putting gumballs in a frozen treat and turning them into jawbreakers. Like, I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but it was just, you're asking for a chip tooth. <laughs> yeah, you're asking for a, either choking or a chip tooth or something, but I'm going to, I'm going to kick this one to you first, Marco. What are you grabbing from the ice cream truck from the, from the eighties or nineties? Oh man, definitely, definitely one of those, but, uh, probably like the rocket, the rocket, rocket ice pop? pops. Yeah. Yeah. The rocket. Yeah. Pops. They had a bunch yeah. of different That's varieties of too. them. Yeah. Yeah, I was a fan of those too, but uh, yeah, definitely one of those too. I would say. Yeah, I, I, I'm same. I'm going bomb pop. I like the uh, I, I like a popsicle more than like ice cream, you know. And I love sour stuff, mm-hmm. so I'm going bomb pop for sure. So I see. I love ice cream, so I, I always was like either like a drumstick or um, you know, Ooh, uh, yeah, king cone. One of the one of those type of Ooh. things. Um, love love me some some ice cream cone. <laughs> Me and Marco are the same. Marco's getting excited. Oh, yeah, we're, we're we're on the same wavelength. But um, there was I I can't remember when like if it was like later in the nineties. But do you guys remember for a while they had this crybaby like Italian ice or maybe it was Warheads. I can't remember. It was like a sour candy Italian ice. That tells us something I'd be all over. And, I, I don't remember seeing that though. And it was so good. And they had it on in our trucks in uh, in Bowling Green. And I remember it was like you know. Oh, it was so, so freaking good. So yeah, it was like Warhead or ba- Crybabies. I can't remember which which brand it was, but it was definitely Sour Candy Italian Ice. Um, so I'm grabbing that or some sort of ice cream cone. So love that question. We actually just got our kids some push-ups. They had their first push-up experience from the ice cream truck uh, the other day at the park. We still have ice cream trucks that roll around here um, in the uh, Hampton Roads area. So good stuff. 
All right. So our next question is from Johnny JB. He says, if you guys had the opportunity to interview one current wrestler, including tag teams from uh, WWE, AEW and Impact, who would it be? Pick one from each promotion. So, Seth, I will start with you. Who would you pick? Brock Lesnar. Brock, huh? Yeah, I just I think he's had such an interesting career between, you know, being an NCAA champion, coming in like a house of fire, beating The Rock in his first really big high-profile match for the, the WWE championship, leaving for almost 10 years and then coming back and having the run he's on now. I just think he's a really interesting guy. Um, and I just love to talk to him, you know? So yeah, I, I would pick Brock, even though it'd probably be a little bit intimidating actually sitting down across from Brock. I may, maybe I'd actually want to do that one on like zoom or Skype or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, Marco, I'm going to go with you. Who would you pick? Oh boy. Um, it's gonna, it's, it's a toss up between either. Cause these two guys are actually together. Um, either Eddie Kingston. I was going to say John, Eddie. Yeah. Or John Boxley. One of those nice. two. Um, only because, like, for John Moxley, more because of the, his uh, his documentary that he had on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a twenty four. It was like the you know when he tore his bicep and then he came back from the injury and he did that whole um, gimmick where he was like, you know, he didn't want to be around diseased people and all that. Yeah, all that he, crazy was, he was stuff. ahead of his time with that one, man. Yeah, but- so like that the that whole do- that that like is probably one of the best documentaries that they ever did because like even like. You you got to see like who he was as a, a as a person as opposed to like Dean Ambrose. Yeah, you got to see him like behind the scenes, which you really didn't get to see. Um, and then like his in, but not really an interview, but his appearance on Renee's uh, podcast, where you know he did the first episode, I believe. You know, he's talking about like you know his like childhood and yeah, all that his stuff. Like, his interview was really good. And it's funny that you yeah. that you talked about the Renee podcast because I was going to say Eddie Kingston was who who I would interview and he did a really good yeah. interview with Renee as well. So if you haven't listened yeah. to her um her podcast, um uh, it's got a ter- her podcast has a terrible name in my opinion. It's called Oral Sessions. Um yeah. and uh, but it is a really it is a really fun podcast and I I love all things that Renee does. So um yeah, definitely check that out. Her interview with uh Mox and her interview with uh, Eddie Kingston yeah. are both are both both worth listening to for sure. All right, Sheena, leave us on a high note. Hit us with one more question. Ooh, one more question. Okay, let me go with... All right, I'm going to go back to... Okay, Rob Regino, our buddy Rob Regino. He says, hey guys, what type of music do you all listen to? Maybe do a top three bands, artists that you love right now or are growing up. So uh, Seth, I'll kick this one to you first. So I've listened to a little bit of everything. I used to be a really, really big hardcore um, hip hop fan. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I, I love rap music, like especially Southern rap. I don't know why it just spoke to me. Um, and that's still like the majority of my, you know, 12,000 songs in iTunes. Most of it is rap, um, spe- <laughs> specifically Southern rap. But as I've gotten older, I've really gone back to country music. Um, I don't know if it's just where I'm from or the sounds appealing to me or whatever, but I really, really love um, country music, especially good country music. To me, I, I like country music is almost like wrestling. When it's like bad, there's almost like no nothing worse. You know, the same way bad wrestling is basically like the some of the worst stuff you could ever watch. Um, bad country music is some of the worst stuff you could ever listen to. But when it's good, there's nothing better. The same way when wrestling is really good, there's absolutely no form of entertainment better than professional wrestling. So I'll give you guys, um, you know, two classics and then one modern. So a couple classic picks is, uh, you know, one's Randy Travis. 
Travis. He's got more of like the Texas uh, mainstream country music sound. Then you got Keith Whitley from back in the 80s. He's just like straight up old school 80s country. And then um, for the modern era, I'll go Morgan Wallen. You know, that's really like the main thing we've been listening to the last couple months here around the house. Just really, really awesome music, ton of authenticity and uh, just a great sound. So so that's uh, I'm hitting you guys with some country picks. All right, Marco. Awesome. Um, man, uh, definitely, definitely hip hop, definitely rap. Um, grew up on it. Um, obviously, I mean, grew up to a lot, a lot of different types of music, pop, uh, country rock, uh, but obviously, obviously geared towards more, more of the hip hop, uh, music than anything. Um, it just uh, spoke to me a little bit more than any other type of music, but, um, I always, I've, I've always been like a top, like a top 40, type of person like radio singles and stuff like that. I'm always like in tune with those things. And um, especially with like, you know, Apple has like a, you know, like a, uh, like a top hits playlist where you can just like hear all those. So I'm always like in tune with that stuff. Um, as far as like, I mean, for music, for like, I'll, I'll basically whittle it down to an album, like probably like my favorite album of all time is probably uh, Marvin Gaye. Uh, What's going on. Uh, mainly because you can literally play that album now and he's that was like in the like 70s and literally what he was talking about then is pretty much happening now so like all the songs that are on there pretty much you can pretty much equate to anything that's going on in the world today um and it's kind of like a concept album as well it's basically about like a a guy that's coming back from vietnam and you know he's trying to like you know reconnect with you know, his friends and family and, you know, what's going on with like, with the world since he's, you know, been out fighting and stuff like yeah. that. But, uh, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say like, you know, hip hop and definitely soul. soul music is probably like my other, my other, uh, music I, I dive into because I definitely, I definitely love some soul music. Like I said, Marvin Gaye, yeah. Isley brothers, all that type of stuff. When I want to kind of like mellow out and stuff like that, I listen to, listen to that so yeah well like i said I, I grew up in the country so clearly country music has a has a special place in my heart but um the music i'm most nostalgic to i would say the music i grew up with was like you know r&b i love like 90s r&b you know boys to men lauren yeah. hill you know destiny's child but like all the all all the people that you know just i just love people that can actually sing you know like that's one thing i just like people that can they could go acapella and it would sound just as good than all oh, yeah. of all of like the uh, auto tuning and stuff getting to all of that i really love boy bands too i think every other girl my age grew up with like nsync and backstreet boys and you kind of the pop generation with christina aguilera and britney spears and stuff um Although I don't know how well that music held. I mean, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys are good, but like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, some of those songs are a little bit, you know, cringy at this point. But uh, I feel like that's the music that I'm definitely most nostalgic to is that music from like the early 2000s, late 90s, that sort of thing. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sending in the questions. Sheena, remind everyone where they can find you guys on social media. Find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco's over on Twitter at Chick Foley Show. You can join our Foley fam, chickfoleyshow.com. And as always, when you're shopping at Ringside Collectibles, use code Chick Foley to save 10%. Make sure you guys follow Pod Foundation on Instagram to stay up on all the latest content from us, Pyramid Wrestling, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Extra Cooler. Marco, you're the reigning, defending, undisputed prediction champion. Give us the closing words for this week. Oh man, um, I'll leave it off. I'll leave it off with a dad joke for oh, you guys. God. 
<laughs> Brace for shock. Uh, what do you call a chicken staring at lettuce? I don't know. I don't know. Chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> wow. <laughs>